Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Late Night Show from the Knights of Last Call. I'm joined by Bob and Aaron, and of course, this is Derek. And uh, yeah, we uh, it's, uh, it's just the day after April 1st, and we are recording this in the studio, which we don't ever really get to use anymore. But um, how you guys doing? Good. We got to play some PF2 last night, got to fight a giant for the first time, found out that slow is ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Uh, we had two. We had two. Na- well, a couple, a couple things. Number one, I died. You did die. You died, died. I like died, died. But luckily, we are playing in a game right. where uh, death doesn't actually matter um, in the sense that it's a yeah, setback. It's a, it's not a variant a- in the PF2. It's still playing. probably interesting to track that, right? Because like, if you think about it, we've had two deaths. Right? We've had you, two- you died. No, I've yeah. not died. You guys ran away from the wraith because you were dead and turned into a wraith. Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there have been, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then you died. And I, I went, well, here's That what, Wraith really right. messed me up. So my, yeah. yeah, so my situation was uh, I was doomed one, and right. then I got crit, so then I was dying three. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, because that would have put me in dying, well, I was dying two, but I was right. doomed one, so I would have died dying three. And then I have this special weird ability that I can... Um, right. You're possessed by a ghost. I was possessed by a ghost, so I could burn off my doom once a day to, to become drained. But when I did that, uh, I was no longer going to die. But then I came back up to positive hit points. Actually, the maximum. You, you were at max hit max points. Max hit points. But because of the drain, my max hit points was down. So now I was at wounded one. And then I got crit in one blow. Yep. But it did exactly one more hit point over my new lower hit point total. So it dropped me to dying three because it was, it was a crit plus right. wounded, dying three. And then I had to roll a t- DC 10 plus dying, which is 13. I rolled a 12. Right. So I went to dying four. Uh, what died. Yeah, but we ended up beating it without you. Uh, yes. Barely. I mean, Barely. that giant messed us up. Which was crazy to me because very early in the fight, um, you landed a slow. I got him. He failed. So he's it's slow a fort one. save. Yeah. yeah. One but, minute slow. Now, but he rolled a two or something. Yeah, he rolled a two. And um, he might have been feared. That might have been why it was a fear. At okay, because we we used two S tier debuffs. Oh yeah, on him. we had to. Um, I knew that he had a low. We knew he had a low reflex and a low will. Mm-hmm. And uh, my my I used a level one fear on him, and he failed. So he was frightened too. Yep. Minus two to all saves. Minus two to D- uh, ACs. And then you hit him with a slow, and he failed. So slow one. Yeah, but mine was a luck because it was a fort save, and that's like his best. Ability. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I hundred percent agree. We all thought he was just going to pass and be slowed one for a round. Right. But yeah. he failed. So. That was really early in the fight. That might have been the first round. Yeah. So he started. It was. It was he had already thrown a rock. Right. And oh yeah. Reloaded yeah. And he rolled he a rock, nat, rock, rock. He rolled a nat. No, he rock rocked because of yeah, the rock, interact reload, action rock. to reload. Oh, right, right, right. But he rolled a nat. We thought we were going to go first, and then he rolled a nat twenty for his initiative. Right. right. Yes. Um. And so, but then okay, we took some damage. But then I feared him too, and you. Uh, he was frightened too, and then you slowed him, slowed one for a minute, and I thought. Got it. And that's it. That's it. This this fight's over. I couldn't believe that and it he, wasn't and, over. And but it was a true giant. Okay. And yeah. he, we're level five, four level five party members. He's a level eight monster. So this is just a severe fight. Right. 120. 120. Severe fight on a giant. And now I we thought, did have to waste rounds because I got knocked down by both those rocks and you had to heal me. No, but that's okay. You're still taking your turns. Yeah. Because fair, I'm fair enough. the only person who's quote unquote being useless was you. me. Yeah. Well, healing. Because I'm healing you, but I'm a cleric. <laughs> Kind of what you short do. <laughs> of, I had already cast fear. Yeah. Um. Short of me casting buffs on people and or using something like an inner radiance torrent, I'm not doing damage, and um, it's not undead. Yeah. So what am I there to do but to heal people? I mean, if my one turn, which is three actions, can completely counteract 
the one boss who only gets right. now two, two. Like that's a great trade, right? Yeah. Because it means you have three actions and the ranger has three actions and the inventor had three actions to just go do whatever you want. Right. Yeah. I And yet somehow yeah. I ended up dead. You ended up almost dead. You guys were flippy flappy. Yeah. Right? I kept going dying and the people were to heal me back. Right, because your free archetype is champion. You actually brought me back. That's how I yeah, originally came back from my first set of unconsciousness was you lay hands to me. I just said don't have a lot of health. Now I had a great AC, so I thought I was gonna be good. But it was but insane. No. <laughs> also also I should note, not only was the giant slowed. So he's two actions, basically the whole fight. He was frightened, mm -hmm. but also he, uh, you know, they don't have like attack of opportunity. He has catch rock. He has catch rock. So he doesn't even have like that that attack of opportunity that you think could really cause a lot of trouble. They had a lot of HP. I don't know what it was. I, I, we weren't exactly hitting him. And the ranger doesn't hit hard. He was the using adventure a two, does. He was using a t he did D10 damage and a two and a weapon. I, I don't know. The the inventor does D12. We were in rough shape. I what the giant. No, no, no. The inventor, inventor was doing has a work. maul yeah. who does two. Uh, he has a striking rune on his maul. He does yeah. 2d12. The ranger has a falchion. Oh, the and ranger's does, doing d10. And does 2d10. Yeah. It's literally one point of damage left. Yeah. The, the marshals were bringing the deeps. Just, I think he just had a lot of HP. He did. He had 150 hit points. <sighs> his armor class wasn't embarrassing. No. It's I hard because we're comparing everything to the elite Dolahan. Yeah, the Dolahan. Which uh, was ridiculous and had a higher but class than the level horseman. nine. Yeah. Yeah, headless horseman. Yeah, headless horseman. That was a fun fight. That was a really fun fight because I realized... How powerful Magic Missile is. Again, so I already knew from weeks previous that Magic Missile is super good. But then you go, oh, we're all in this fear aura. And so really any of my spell attacks yeah. or spell rolls, reflex yeah. saves, yeah. it's all awful. Well, that, that's how you that that, like, oh, start. Magic Missile is really good. He, he had Frightful <laughs> Presence. Yep. You started your turn. You crit failed the will save. Yes. You were, frightened, right you were frightened for. That was bad shape. And I go, okay, Bob. Um, <laughs> I, I go, this is a great education for you. You're frightened for. So that means anything that you would do that would resolve, revolve around an attack roll or yep. skill check. Or save. You, you can't do. All right. Now, let's. so that means attacks were right out. What about your other spells? Well, if it relies on the monster making a save, remember that your DC is going to be down by four. Yep. And this creature is already an elite high level above you. So... Those are out. So, Bob, you can't do anything that involves you making a die roll, and you can't do anything that involves the monster making a die roll against you. Yeah. What is left? And you're like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, Bob, I was, I was sitting there going, like, what do I have? I'm like, all right, Bob, think what back. What is this riddle? <laughs> what is this riddle? I'm like, Bob, think back. You're like, uh, magic missile? And I go, yes. And you did, like, 60% well, or something. Yeah, of them I have magic the missile signature spell, so I would just lay in those things yeah, out. just lay in them like, That creature is designed to not take damage, so when it takes damage, it kind of, like, breaks it. It was... It was interesting to remember how powerful Magic Missile is. Not to mention, like, oh, good, it's good against ghosts and incorporeal beings. Yeah. But but also, like, oh, my ability to spell attack or my ability of my, my spell DC is lower. That really hurts, like, 90%, 99% of what I'm doing. Right. So what? that's how good a Frighten is, really. Um, well, yeah, I mean, again, that's why. <laughs> it's so good. That's why fear is S tier as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it was awesome. Magic Missile, super good. In fact, I would argue that Sickened is even better than Fear because, or I should say, Sickened is better than Frightened in terms of a, the strength of the debuff. Mm -hmm. Because Frightened does the same thing as Sickened. Mm -hmm. It's minus one to everything. It's, just, it it's literally the exact yeah, same thing. It fades automatically. But Frightened fades automatically. Right. Sickened, you sickened have to does spend not. the time. You have to and and it's save. not automatic. Right. It just gives you another save. So, you know, and it's a fort save. Right. Even if the original effect was a will. Yeah, so like most things that fright uh, sicken you are fort safe, but yeah. um, which is why they used to get sickened a lot in the beginning of the AP. Well, that's why he took and shake Bob it off. took shook it, uh, shake it off because that was if you make a wretch attempt, if you even if you fail, yep. you still reduce the sicken. Yep. Right. I was I need I, I was so sick of being feared and sh and 
Sicken. And Sickened, I was like, shake it off. Yeah. Yes, 100%. But what I was going to say about Sickened is, you don't see Sickened 4 <laughs> or Sickened. No. I mean, you don't really even see Sickened 2, except for maybe like... Brit fail. Uh, no, like like the final fit stage of like an affliction. Oh. Oh, like a, yeah, yeah. You know? Like cool fever or something. Something like that, right? So, but fear or frightful presence... Yeah. You know, which we fought a lot of things with Frightful Presence. We fought a dragon and we fought the Dolahan. They both had Frightful Look, Presence. That dragon, uh... When you crit fail that and you go to Frighten 4 and you're already fighting something that you need 15s to hit. Okay, well now I'm Frightened 4. I need a 19 to hit this creature. Oh, what does this creature pass my save on? A 2. I'm Frightened 4. Okay, now it passes my save on a negative 2. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's brutal. That's brutal. And Magic Missile just literally bypasses all of that. And has a 120-foot range. And auto hits, and can be split up, and can so be stacked good. on one target, and is force damage, and blah 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 blah. It's just so good, so good. But it, I also got to figure out that how how good slow is with it not being uh, incapacitation. Uh, yeah, you know when you look that at it, you go, that should be incapacitation. <laughs> if, the, if like the other stuff is, but like when again we we have some uh, sort of broken rule system in that uh, variant. But, oh, you still uh, had to roll it though. Uh, I, no. No, you, someone had to roll the one. Oh, correct, correct. So we, you know, he crit failed his slow, and then a dragon without being able to do two actions is not really, it's I, just, I it's just a large it lizard. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it is the case that, like, for most creatures, I mean, for spellcasters, if it's if it's slow too, you just, you, and yeah. it's, by the way, slow's, yeah. slow's fort safe. Okay. So casters, so casters, are, suck casters are weak against slow. Yeah. Right? It's so, so good. You literally, in most, in some cases, I mean, very famously, when we played Abomination Vaults, right. spoiler alert a little bit, but the you know the first module has a big kind of the, the big boss of the first module is a spellcaster. He got a crit fail, yep, and flow and was slow too uh, before he even got to go. Yeah, that he never took got, us. Uh, I think two you seconds. As well. You conceded within two seconds. And I took. I said, well, I'm not going to embarrass this monster, and yeah, I just yeah. deleted the token off of Foundry. All right, we got some um, we got some celebration to do. Yeah, here. So, why, why are we celebrating as I open up this? Uh, Aged show, 16 years. Show, show the camera. Yeah, behind the scenes for the patrons at home. Yeah. yeah. You can see this. This is uh, Arborlore, Arborlore uh, Distillery, Speyside Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. All right. 16 years. This is good stuff. Very uh, smooth. It doesn't taste like a permanent marker. That's how you know it's good scotch. Um, so we are celebrating because we, this week, um, um, Founded. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. 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 <laughs> uh, we this week. Oh, look. It's a pretty this. bottle. It is a pretty bottle. Um, we this week. Is it just going to spin? Yeah, that uh, might be up. Uh, no, no, they got it. Got it. Got a little rip tail. They thought of everything. They go, people are drinking this. They're drunk. They're not going to be able to get this thing open. Um. The. Uh, Knights of Last Call have uh and right now it's cringing trying to fix this on. No, no, no. There we go. go. All right. Mm. Bob, do the honors. Do the, do the honors of pouring? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um so we formed our LLC. We formed Knights of Last Call uh, LLC. Um KOLC LLC as we are called. Uh and uh you know the reason why this is a big deal for us is because uh thanks to let's be honest with ourselves. Thanks to Listeners like you, and that pretty much means our patrons. You can give them a little bit more. You can give me a little more. There's, there's enough ice in there. I can't tell with the ice. Well, this, you gotta get you gotta get an eye for your pour. Bro, don't get so sloppy with that. You're not, have you been pre-drinking? Are you pre-gaming? I don't know if I'm still drunk from last night. No. <laughs> um. Ooh. All right. Um. Yeah. So 
Jesus Christ, Bob. Got ourselves a first timer here. <laughs> you ever poured a drink before? Not out of that kind of bottle. Well, our patrons get. You to mean see the ones how... with openings at the top? There's literally no, scotch everywhere on the table. It's fine. It's uh, it's fine. I don't care if everything smells like booze constantly. It's fine. All right. Well, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cheers to the knights. All right. Salute. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no burn. Like no very, burn. Very smooth. No burn. Very smooth. Wow. Yeah. That's dangerous. Ooh, we get a little heat. Uh, at the end there, at I the can end. feel it sort of a little bit in the you chest. Feel it in the chest. Bit, the, that, bit, that, but that, not in the throat. This, the, no, not in the throat. Yep. Yeah, just a little bit. In yeah. the lungs. Yeah. Throw keep, some hair keep, in the chest. Keeps you warm. <laughs> yeah. Like this, it keeps you warm in the winter. <laughs> this, this came off of a dog's neck, you know, <laughs> uh, in the mountains or whatever. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we formed an LLC because thanks to the generosity of our patrons, uh, the folks who support us on our live streams with their tips and their donations, thanks to a little bit of ad revenue, little tiny bit of ad revenue that we get from YouTube, and even this podcast, if you listen to an ad on the way in here. Yes, thank you to our sponsor. That yeah. sexy voice that yeah, said it. The, the, uh, thanks to our sponsor, Anchor.fm. Um, thanks to that, uh, we, we managed to make a little bit of a profit in February for the first time ever. Uh, you know, this studio that we're sitting in here, uh, that we're recording in, all this audio equipment, uh, you know, we take our channel pretty seriously. We treat it like a business, and we've had... We have some expenses. We have some outlays. But there are more things that we want to do, and we want to be able to pay people and, and use the, the money to hire artists and you know hire divine designers if we ever want to build anything. Content writers. Content writers. And to do that properly, we need a business entity to do it. So uh, it didn't make sense until we were actually making money. But thanks to you and thanks to, of course, uh, the folks at our Patreon, uh, we are doing that. And so we formed a KOLC LLC so that we can uh, hopefully – grow this channel up. Um, it'd be pretty cool to see if we could put some some money in some other people's pockets too. You know, I think that's awesome. And it's a big step for us. And we also this month launched our Northern Reaches. Yes, we did. Mega oh, game. Oh, yeah. So that's, um, you know, we talked about this on the podcast a little bit, but we're playing Pathfinder 2. We've got a ton of GMs on our Discord server. We have a Forge server, which we run Foundry on as community games. People can... They don't just run PF2; they run everything. But oh yeah, but a lot of people run PF2 games in our community game. We have all these GMs, and then um, we start talking about, hey, like, what if we, what if we use all these players, all these GMs, and what if we just kind of like all play in the same world? So kind of like a West Marches, but instead of one GM and a bunch of players, it's a bunch of GMs and a bunch of players. Many to many relationships. Many to yeah. many. Yeah, and 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 the idea is. It's a really flexible, fluidic game. Players can schedule games with their GMs, but these aren't happening in isolation, right? The GMs are building their adventures sort of collaboratively, and the world persists. It's not just, uh, you know, sitting down for a one-shot. It's not like Pathfinder Society, right? where what you do is basically just play the adventure, have fun, and then you get to level up. No, no, no. Because we're in a shared, persistent world, you can't just run the same adventure back again and again. Correct. In fact, an adventure can only be run once. That that a single adventure. But oh. what's cool about it, I think, is that everything everything has a consequence or sure. something. I mean, the things that happen in my dungeon uh, can affect the world or mm. smaller, maybe someone else in my zone. You know, because we have multiple zones. But I think that to me is cool. So, so right at the beginning. So it sort of looks a little self-contained, but you can tell where it's going to start to push. Like, I can already see the GMs in my zone. Uh, spoiler, I am one of the GMs and, and uh, of this. Uh, 
but yeah, I can already see like the, the everyone, well, what if you can do this or that? And I'm like, okay, I could add a little bit of this, but let me, we're going to push here. I'm going to leave a little bit of a question mark. Yep. yep and then yep. where does that question mark go? And it's kind of like, one could say that you draw a bath, leave blanks. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Now, now, and I think we're about a 10 plus GM, 30 plus player right now. Yes, we are. That's um, pretty cool. That's I want to say massive. we have 11 GMs, yeah. and I think I have At time of potentially recording. one or two. Inside, full transparency. Uh, uh, we had a game last night, and I, you know, drank a lot of wine, and then I woke up and came here. So I haven't processed our signups yet, but I did look, and we have, I think, two people who are curious about being a game master. Okay, so they yeah. may come on board. They may not. That would put us around, you know, twelve or thirteen. Right, which just just blows my mind. It's right. incredible. It's amazing. I mean, I mean, my thing about it is, if if we have twelve GMs, and half of them run one game a week, which means that each GM is running two games a month. Right. I mean, just think, it, think right. of it as one game a month. I mean, that's still 12 games a month, which right. is, a, what, three games a week? Right, right. exactly. That's well, wild. Week one has four games scheduled already. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and this is, like, called, like, the pre, you know, like, uh, the game officially starts tomorrow, uh, Sunday the April 3rd. 3rd. April 3rd. But, you know, we have allowed signups to begin, you know, for the 3rd yeah. going forward. Yeah. Uh, and we, we had four, like, day one, day well, two. Well, and the other thing, yeah. too, is we are being deliberately... I don't want to say deliberately vague. We are allowing room for growth. Yeah. Like we are not trying to write everything down. This is not written in stone. The GMs have a lot of leeway and we kind of the, the overlords who are sort of overseeing the game have every intention of, right. Because we're not releasing this to Pathfinder infinite or to Kickstarter because this isn't Pathfinder society. This is just our game on our server. To be quite honest with you, we can mess with it. Right. Yeah. We have the ability. This is kind of like your home game. But it's your home game for your fifty closest friends, right? Instead of it's your home game wild. for your for your four friends. So if we want to change something, if we want to make it so that everybody can fly, okay, yeah, we could do that, right? And here's the best part about it: it wouldn't be something that we just decide willy nilly. Mm-hmm. It would be because I don't know somebody rescued the angel of flight, and the angel of flight said, "Now everybody gets the ability to cast fly on themselves once a day." Yep. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that would happen, but my point is, it could, right? And there's no one to stop us, you know, because it's like you get the benefit of being part of like a big game, but with the knowledge that there really are game masters, human beings who are making the decisions behind the scenes. I just think it amplifies the creativity. Like I'm doing night school with you, Derek, and, and I'm trying to be creative and thinking outside the box and how I'm doing this uh, thing as we develop. But when you start to think about a blank world mm. with open canvases around this sandbox, I'm thinking of other GMs in my zone and other GMs in other zones and how this is affecting. I mean, I was like thinking like literally steps ahead. Well, I I was like, where where could this go? Like, I think this you're is kind of cr- Bob. And, and actually, the <laughs> thing I'm looking forward to is is I think, you know, I I think this is not fully. Um, I, I think our GMs are not fully grasping. What they can do, the right? possibilities, the possibilities here, right? Because I think you know, everyone's coming in this, and they're like, okay, you know, we have this rule system, and we want to follow the rules. We might even have some PFS uh, gems in there who are like, all right, this is fairly rigid, right? And I don't think people have kind of like opened up yet to be like, wait, like really, we could get people fly? Isn't isn't that going to be broken? But like, this isn't like we're not we're not trying to like like moderate anything. We're not trying to like you know like 
run this society and keep this balance for millions of players. Like Derek said it, right? This is our home game. So what would you do in your home game? Well, you know, whatever the hell you want, whatever made sense for that world and that story and the game you're trying to tell, right? And so I think when people start to go, oh, I get it, I get it. You know, you're going to start to see like these kind of like, you know, ambitious oh, yeah. like clocks come out, right? Where the GM's like, hey, I don't know if this is cool, but like, uh, can we have like, you know, this this undead invasion or like, you know, is it cool that my character like drew this sword of kings and like, you know, is raising an army or like right. the angel flight or like, you know, whatever, right? Like people are going to be like, we could do anything. Right. The possibilities are literally endless. And yes. Welcome to role playing. Right. Now, welcome, welcome I, role playing. We should probably caveat that with saying it doesn't go on forever right we do have a we're having a season right. well, so, so we right. can't get too out of control right. so one <laughs> of the things that we we think is interesting about this uh you know aaron and i are big fans of uh mouse guard mm-hmm. and uh mouse guard had this idea that uh you you know you're these little mice are in the thing and they go in the adventure in the spring and the summer and the fall and then after maybe six or seven sessions you have a winter session where the, night, the mice do not leave uh, during the winter because it's just too dangerous to travel. But it's a session where you sort of reflect and sort of reset expectations for the next game. Maybe the GM changes, right. you know, and then another GM runs the next year. And whoever was the GM last time is now a player, right? This is a, it's just a nice transitional element. Well, we've known, we know for years that December is a horrible time to run games. Right. Between basically... Holidays. Well, basically and... after Thanksgiving until New Year's. It's yep. awful. Horrible. People it's travel, there's travel, holidays, holidays, work. People try to finish stuff up. Vacations. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a pain in the butt. So we said, why fight that? Why not embrace it? And our goal is to run this game as a series of seasons, and or years. And each year is kind of like a ladder. Yeah. Like on a, on a, a video, video game. game yep. Right. This is the ladder season, and you'll play through it, and you'll level up your characters, and also, too, quite frankly, to be honest with you, in a in like a massively multiplayer game like this. The longer the game goes on, the greater disparity you're going to get between power levels between someone who plays frequently versus someone who plays infrequently. And while that is okay, you know, to a certain extent, we don't want to... It'd be too ridiculous. We don't want to have people out there level 18 and we have other people on the, you know, who are level two. So basically by playing for just one year, right, you get to play your character. Now, but keep in mind, you could potentially be playing your character several times a week, depending on the situation and where you're going. Um, unlike a, your normal home game, it's kind of more like a video. You know, if, if, if a GM has a spot open and you have a character who's available yep. to go on that adventure, you can. Uh, and so, but by the end of the year, we want sort of to sort of reset. We'll take what we've learned and there's going to be sort of that reset because that's going to allow newer players to kind of, hey, I'm going to start fresh with you. It's like a second wave. Right. But the most important thing is we're not going to take anything and throw it away. Right. Because one of the things that I really want to have happen, player agency, is as players become more powerful, it creates a problem. It creates a problem that the player is now powerful, the challenges of the world lessen, they gain access to spells and abilities that make the game less challenging, and they are now sort of out of sync with people who might be new to the game. But rather than throw all that progress away, why not reward and enrich the player by essentially allowing them to almost become a pseudo-DM, you know, or a pseudo-GM, and basically say like, hey, your character as a reward for your character being so awesome, what do you want to have happen? Your character is basically retiring at the end of the year, right. but you got him to level eight or you got her to level seven. Yeah, what happened? What does she do? Yep. You know, well, I, I think she would found a new I think she wants to form found a merchant company and I think she wants to build a new town out in the wherever, the bloodlands. 
And you're like, okay, that sounds really cool. And as a reward for playing well and that being kind of the shtick of your character, when we start the next season, there's going to be a small trading town right. out there yeah. in the Bloodlands. This reminds me a lot of like the Fortnite seasons where like, you know, you start to see like in month 11, the meteor coming closer and closer. And then month 12, the meteor hits. Now there's the, the new season. Right. Service that go down meteor for like a month. Hit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's kind of cool. That. Right. The season itself resets, but the right. impact of the season. Right. Yeah. The difference well, is the reason we went the time off yeah. is like we're going to sit there and go, okay, this is what happened this year. Yep. Let's, you know, redraw the map. Let's label it. Let's make sure this player is recognized. Let's make sure that this dungeon's recognized because Ben killed a lot of people there. You know, Dungeon of Graves. You know, whatever. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know. Right. Exactly. Dungeon of Graves. <laughs> um, and so. <laughs> it's like the back of the. Rapanathuk is known as I can't believe Ben hasn't played RA. He'd be like, this is like a love letter to me. Yeah, he is a love letter to him. <laughs> so, yeah, and so, again, we want it to, to be re- reasonable, and, you know, we're not a computer. We can't run like that. But we do want it to be a very much of a back and forth. Mm-hmm. And we want, um, we want to challenge our players, and we want to challenge uh, one of my goals with this podcast and with this channel is to also challenge GMs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is a challenge to GMs because you are being asked to be creative within maybe certain guidelines or borders or even with um, things influencing your design. Hey, Bob made it Undead Tomb. Three parties have gone there and three parties have wiped. Spoiler. The undead are getting out of control. Right. You have an adventure or dungeon in this area. I am telling you, the GM, hey, the undead are spreading throughout your area and your region. It's up to you. You have your say, yeah. but how yeah. would you incorporate that into your location or your dungeon? How would you change things? What what would that do to your thing? It's almost like role-playing your dungeon. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, how would your dungeon change when influenced by these factors? You need to get the new dungeon ancestry. You need to get the dungeon. I was just thinking of that, that battle zoo dungeon. Yeah, dungeon, <laughs> dungeon zoo, uh, battle zoo bestiary. Dungeons, Dungeons yeah, yeah. to complement their Battle Zoo Bestiary <coughs> dragons. Fantastic. Um, which I thought was a really great April, a really great April Fool's joke. Um, yeah, so obviously we're talking about it pretty now because it, it just is launching. If you're listening to this podcast, it is already launched. Right. And then you'll probably hear us talking about it throughout for future podcasts as, yeah. as things start to get crazy yeah, and I awesome. I, I don't want to harp on it too much. No, but I, but it's I, just something that's cool. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, and I think it's going to be fun. And I, I'm really hoping... Not, the thing I want the most out of all of it is I want the community to have a communal um, oral history. Right. Right. I want there to be legends, stories that that get passed on throughout the Discord. You know, of that of this of these epic moments of these incredible adventures that you know some people were there for it and they are almost viewed upon like war vets, you know, with a, a degree of respect and an admiration and like, you know, salute to you, sir. Like you were, you, yeah. you did that. Like, and, and I want people to be, who are there to be like, yeah, I was part of that. That was awesome. And yeah, these games aren't real, but they are real in the sense that they happen. Right. And what is real? There's real people involved. It's real what you could touch or taste. Define real, right? There is no spoon. There is no spoon. Um, so yeah, so I think that's air you're breathing. <laughs> hmm. It's the smell. <laughs> so, so all all those things considered, um, uh, KOLC uh, LLC is in effect, and awesome. uh, and that's that's why we're busting out the good stuff today. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. delicious. Been saving it for a while. 
Mm. Even I'm drinking it. Um, it's a great way to start my Saturday. Well, um, as usual with these uh, podcasts, we don't exactly have a most a uh, very firm or strict structure, but I did have a couple questions. Okay. okay. Um, and I have one later, too. And I think we had some people ask some, did anybody ask any questions from our Patreon? or uh, The questions that I have are for our Patreon Q&A. Which is Monday. Which is, yeah, a couple days from now. Okay. So, so is that something you want to bring in today? Okay, good. No. Um, so yeah, th- those are specific for our Patreon Q&A. Yeah, and I would say to anyone who's listening, if you're not a member of the Patreon, definitely check it out. It's only a couple bucks a month. But, and if you really want to get, if you want to get in this Northern Reaches game, it's only five bucks a month. It's actually very cheap. Uh, but if you do have any questions or comments, get a hold of me. Uh, send us a, a tweet at Knights of Last Call uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, you know, get a hold of Bob and uh, yep. you know, let us know. We'll we'll try to answer your question. We we'd love to we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I try to answer most of it, even the ones that come at me pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> So Bob, I guess I guess one of the things I want to ask you is okay. you are DMing now. I am. So G- I'm GMing and DMing. Well, you're, yeah. you're, G- you're <laughs> yes, you are Pathfinder two GMing. Yep. Right. And We're, you are a fifth edition channel now. That's <laughs> and you are running a fifth edition game as yep. well. Storm King's Thunder. That's actually one of my questions today. Okay. My question was Well, I wanted to ask you. I, okay, I made, I, we could talk about it. Yeah. I just want to know what are you uh what are your fears <laughs> and what are your hopes? My biggest fear, which is funny, is that I, I'm looked upon to know something that I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're the you're the authority, and as the GM or DM, and the player goes, you know, so what's that mean or what's that do? And I and I sort of hand wave it because I don't remember. Now that I look is, up a lot of stuff. By the way, worry. the best thing you could do is hand wave it. Yep. The yeah. worst thing you could do is look it up. Yep. Because so, because I me, usually look things up. Because let me ask you forever. Right. Let me ask you this. <laughs> let me explain this. With Certain players, like me, okay, who understands. I've been on the other side of the screen. And I'm playing role-playing games for a certain type of experience, especially with a game like Pathfinder 2 or even 5th edition D&D, which, in my mind, are much more similar than they are different. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they both have strength decks in con. I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? Very like, similar. I mean, compared to the games that I'm playing, you know, that yeah, 100%. Are, you, know, you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, compared to the like Dune uh, 2D20 Mophidius and, and Dungeon World from uh, Cobalt Press, yeah. um, you know, um, they're very similar. Right. Um, I'm playing those games because I want a certain, uh, I want the challenge of using the rules to overcome challenges and, right. you know, make my decisions, stuff like that. So I don't mind that. New players don't know and they don't care. All you are doing when you look up a rule is, is killing your game. So now what if they do know? Cool. I don't know. So, so give them inspiration. So and say, when I'm when I'm DMing my five E game, all my players are basically new. I pretty much can hand wave stuff, and it's five E. So what does it really matter anyway? Yeah. Um, but uh, it should be. I should be able to do that pretty well. I'm GMing in Northern Reaches. This is my second or third time uh, GMing Pathfinder two. Now I've played a lot of Pathfinder two, so I know how the game works in in a very big nutshell. <laughs> in theory. In theory. Wait, he, what are we talking about? He's a pro. I'm pro. Uh, he's he's the most qualified uh, player at our table. Right. <laughs> but. GMing now someone that was a GM mm-hmm. and he's playing in my game. Yeah. There's a little bit of a uh, anxiety fear that uh, I will say something or do something and then I get the uh, uh that's not uh, correct. It that's depends. not how I would do it or it, that's not what, you know. So I think there's I think there's two options there. One, I, I'm sure he'll be nice. I I'm not saying this to think that this person might not be nice, but there's a fear that that they're kind of like have an expectation yeah. that you should know more than you do. You're GMing. You should know it. That, that is kind of true. That's true. Do you know what I'm saying? And I, and I think managing expectations is good, right? Hey, guys, uh, yep. I played the game. 
Which I've said already. This is one of my first times yeah. of GMing. You know, you know, I'm did I did my research. Obviously, I play with you know Derek, but like, I'll make mistakes. Just hang with it. And I did that. I prepped everyone because I had a thread, and I just said, "Hey yeah. guys, this is and, like my second and time." And everyone doing... on our Discord's chill. So yeah, again, great Discord. Everyone's super friendly. It, but I think if you're going to be new, this is the place. I to think do it. you should view them as a resource. Rather, rather than a, a threat. But I remember, love having Derek as a player because this game is convoluted as hell. Correct. And so when something weird happens, I'm just like, all right, yeah, whatever Derek said, let's move on. It actually does. <laughs> actually, during your, our games on Fridays when you are GMing, there is a lot of Derek, exactly how that works, and then you guys yeah. can figure it out, which I do like. And, and I, I think that's what's going to happen. And by the way, it still isn't, that there's a is little bit only of something I'm doing with Aaron because I know that Aaron's goal in this game is to run it more or less, yeah. correctly. Right. So if he was and, and, hand wavy, you and, would just hand wavy. And our game, well, and, 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 game. And our game okay. is designed to be a challenge right. to the players. Can you use the rules of Pathfinder Two? Can you build a character, build a party, work together to overcome the challenges that I am presenting to you? Because death doesn't matter, other than like narrative points and and maybe an effect. Like I'm I'm not gonna like kill everybody like if i bring something up and we all die it's like well that's not the end of the campaign i'm not even the end of the adventure right it's not even necessarily <laughs> the end of the adventure we just go back to our camp and recover um and so i understand that what aaron's intention is if i knew that aaron was looking to run a loose game and if i knew that aaron's intention was that his style was to just sort of like go with the flow then no i wouldn't sweat it okay you know because at that point i go yeah. i know what he's trying to do i mean i've set the expectations i just I suffer from anxiety, so I, I feel like it's going to hit me no matter what happens, just yeah. because I'm an anxious person. Actually, and, ironically, you should be less anxious as a GM. Why? Because you can't fuck up. It's not that, it, like true. I said, if I was playing with all new people, I would just be like, that's well, the rules, guys. E even, <laughs> even if there's a role, I mean, I understand your anxiety, and it's especially acute for a game like Pathfinder 2, which is so rules-heavy to the extent where we've often debated, do you even need a game master? And I think the answer is kind of no. Right, it's so formatic, right? But that being said, there is a tradition of, you know, rulings, not rules, and within uh, you're within your rights as a game master to be like, whatever the role may be, this is my decision. Right, correct. You know, and I and, and and I think Aaron really hit it on the head when he said manage expectations. Yeah, if you tell people, you say, hey, um, just to keep the game flowing, um, there's going to be if I might make some mistakes, I'd love for you after the session to talk to with me about it. You know who did a really good job of that? Uh, Steven from our Discord or from our Patreon. I ran a uh, Pathfinder, or sorry, a 5e adventure one shot that I converted to PF2, ran it with him. And then after the game was over, he's like, Do you want to jump on a Zoom call real quick, Discord call? And we'll just talk about things that uh, I would do differently and, and stuff that. It was amazing. It was like right. 15 minutes. And he just was like, This is what I would do. And this is what, this is what I've seen. And it was so insightful. So I really thanked him for that. Yeah, and, and so I would let them know that I am interested in your opinion. I do want to know what I did wrong. I do want to get better. But during the session, maybe not the best time for it. If It's going to take away from everyone else, too. It, right, it's going to take away from everyone else. And I think we time is precious, and I think we all want to get some things and some fun things done. If I do have a question and I'm unsure, I may ask you all. Mm. And that indicates to you, that I am interested in your thoughts and opinions on the matter. But if I'm not doing that, let's just go with the flow. Okay. Retrospectives are great for this. Um, ironically, we haven't been doing them a lot in the play test because usually we get to the end of the session and like, I, yeah, three those, people have those to are leave. Interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. Aaron's done those for years and years right. and years. I did, those are interesting. Sort of after 
after, after session after reports. Yeah, yeah after session um, sort of surveys. But you know, you you ask your players like, what did you like? What didn't you like? And you know, usually the third is kind of nebulous. But like, I like to go with like, um, uh, you know, what are you looking forward to? Right? What do you want to see next? Right? And that helps me kind of like manage expectations and put things in the campaign. Right? And so we have this uh, after action report concept. And this is this is important because this is how the overlords are going to like consume information and make decisions, right? It's also good for you as a GM because your players need to make an after action report. You know, they need to report in their perspective. And part of it is uh, there's some feedback in there that they can give to the GM. This is an opportunity for you as a game master to maybe even ask those questions, right? Because those are your traditional retrospective questions to be like, Hey, what did you like? What did you do? like? Maybe make it a conversation with your players rather than have everyone just scatter and write their ARs after. Make it a conversation, and then you can use some of that to maybe tweak the outcome, right? Like if you made a ruling and it became unexpectedly harsh uh, because of a mistake and like a, a player got kind of a little screwed over, you can adjust that after action report to be, well, you know, uh, his death was grossly exaggerated. It turns out he just got knocked in the head real hard. Yeah. And then as overlords, we'll be like, oh, okay, that's fine. Shit, yeah, know, shit happens, I, yeah. and he's not dead. He's fine. Right, because re- remember, um, in this campaign, you get uh, three strikes and you're out. Right. Yeah. So you can die. One of the reasons I did that was because I didn't want GMs to feel bad right. if they kill the player. Maybe they go, oh, I made that encounter too hard. Right. Because right? we do have a lot of new GMs. We have, and, 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 and we I, want new GMs. And we, we want, want them new GMs. Yeah. We want them to learn how does GM, I don't want to say the Knights of Last Call style. but This is Pathfinder. Well, no, but we, we have a style. Oh, I, I get that, but they, we are still playing Pathfinder too, so they have to GM Pathfinder too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, but I'm not talking about the system. I'm talking about the style of play. Fair, right? Our style of play is is definitely old meets new. Yeah, Correct. It's not AP. It's not AP, but it's also not BX First Edition D and D. Correct. Right. Um, just randomly, I just happen to have new two school. <laughs> two books here, which are you know the Dune game and the Dungeon World game. These are you know uh, we are very much influenced by the by the, what is new. Um, and I want GMs to feel comfortable with that. And I know a lot of GMs are hesitant to kill a player. I mean, we have clocks running in our games. <laughs> that's true. Right. Um, <laughs> that's but, a new sc- well, but what Aaron was style. saying is perfectly example. It's like where you're like, hey, uh, that, you know, guys, that was awesome. That was fun. I know a lot of you died. But honestly, I completely screwed that encounter up. And I didn't know that uh, zombies only had two actions. Correct. <laughs> and, um, Sorry they, about that, George. <laughs> and that uh, the way grab worked or whatever. <laughs> I was plus I was grab. reading plus plus grab the stat block, which was my mistake. Yeah, you were reading the stat block, which was your <laughs> first mistake. Uh, I didn't know that zombies were permanently slowed, and I didn't know that uh, plus grab meant you still had to spend an action. So those zombies killed two of you, and they shouldn't have. So we'll just you know, like you said, we'll say the, the reports of your death were grossly ever exaggerated. I am not going to report to the overlords that those should come deaths. Right, and you have that. You have that right. You're right. the GM. You you are the master of your domain. Now, one thing I will say is I am actually looking forward to. Is because um, I feel like I'm pretty decent at PF2. I, I actually feel like I'll I'll be able to handle it pretty well. You casted your spells almost correctly last night. I you we know had, I had to stop you once, but yes, okay, that could have been in the break. We, we Derek and I did had to take a moment to like collect ourselves. It is funny that you are like Johnny on the spot with the fireballs, but it's the D force that that throw you. And for it's a loop. because I literally jumble electric arc. And right. magic missile all the time. Sudden bolt, fine, no problems. That's true. Those are right. Sudden bolt. Forty twelve. You're like, you're like reflex save. You're like twenty six. Reflex save DC twenty two. Like you're just like on the spot. Fastest turns 23. in the west. <laughs> Fastest bolt in the west. Um, yeah, 
So I don't know why. I think it literally it's my dyslexia. Who frick knows? It, like in my brain, it's, it's mixed up and I can't straight it out yet. Yeah. Either way, one thing I'm actually ex excited about, uh, and this is actually a conversation me and Stephen had, was <coughs> scriptiveness. That is the one thing I lack as a GM. I think it's I, the one thing you lack as a player. I even, well, it, all right, you lack a couple things to play. Well, but one it's, of, it's one of the one biggest of big things. things. We, need, yes. we need to play some of that. Which Dungeon World? Dungeon or World. Oh, you can't do anything about description. Well, that sounds great. The then, description is the game. So the this is one thing the way, I need so, to do. So one of the rules of this game, like this, this game has moves, right? Okay. Like, like what you would call in Pathfinder Two, stride. Yep. Strike, right? One of the rules of this game is. You cannot name. You cannot say I'm doing something. Yeah, you cannot name a move. So, you, like, so you can't map attack, right? So, like for example, uh, the the action. You mean I can't hit them with them all? So, like, there's an action called hack and slash. Yeah, that you is, can't say I hack and slash. Right. So hack and slash is like how you fight. Yeah. You cannot say eh, I'm going to go over there and hack and slash him. The way that you would say I'm going to go over there and attack him, that is illegal in this game. That would actually trigger nothing. It would do nothing. I would okay. say I would say okay, nothing happens. If I said I'm going to attack him, yeah. What do you say? You have to describe it. But isn't attacking him describing no. it? No. See, that, see, this is where I, fa I fail. <laughs> so imagine it's like a book, <laughs> yeah. right? How does Sanderson write, would Sa would I walk over Rick and attack Riordan, him? Rick Riordan would say, he went over and attacked him. Is that that, <laughs> that lit RPG track? I don't I mean, even. Okay, by the way, by the way, I do like I've the read, read, really like. read a couple of Percy Jackson books. Rick Riordan would not write, Fair. he went over there and attacked him. Oh, fair enough. And fair he definitely enough. wouldn't say after he, he missed. He followed he, 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 he map attacked. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Then he uh, used his sudden charge to move. Maybe the maybe you know, the, and, the and, lit I, and I would say this: if it's important as a player, it is triply important as a GM. Exactly. So this is what I was talking about with my practices. Something I see you do, and I think you do it masterfully, Derek. And I know that you do this very well too. And I, and I listen to yours. And that's what helps campaign. me sometimes. Well. I listened yesterday and it gave me a hero point because I listened very intently That's to true. That's what you're point. describing. And it's just something I don't translate. I'm very robotic. I'm very, uh, the monster is going to move here and he is going just to attack. experience. Well, no, yes. you, like a lot of people, treat role-playing games as a video game. Yeah, exactly right. So I need to learn, especially as I practice this, and this is a great practice opportunity for me, descriptiveness, senses, what we, do you see, what do you game. feel, what do you hear? Especially as I thought about this, and I've been thinking about this with my daughter, and she got a little scared. But I said, okay, I'm, I built this map. You saw the map. She's like, it seems cool. Like, can I tell you about the map? Because I, I want to tell her. About the Tomb of Undead? It's called the Tomb of Bob. <laughs> yeah, um, break him in early, man. Listen. But, again, she was but a little Sebastian was scared like of four it. or five. <laughs> he watched his mommy get clipped down by a giant minotaur. <laughs> but you know what? He became a man that day because he charged forward, raged, and crit. Never been more proud of my boy than that moment. <laughs> That's fantastic, actually. <laughs> So I thought Bob's I, all like, "Damn it! Why isn't Colson charged a barbarian or charged by, a barbarian by the way, Bob, he named his magic axe Bingo. This is amazing. I know. <laughs> so I I want this. So anyway, I just thought about describing because I don't have it in front of me. I have to literally describe it to my daughter and say, "Okay, you walk up. What do you see? She because she's she doesn't have a map. Right, I have to tell right. I have to tell her right. what's happening with her and what she's doing. And all I was doing though was really." thinking about my environment of my tomb and how I have to describe it to her. Now, it sounds really, kid, or, oh, you're just telling a story, but that's actually what I have to do to my players. I have to tell them this right. without yeah. them seeing it. Well, because here's, there's a difference. There's a difference between there's a difference between letting your players know what's going on in the game and letting your players know what's going on in the fiction. Right. Right. Letting your players know what goes on in the, what's going on in the game consists of showing them a grid, 
uh, letting them see where the monsters are, where their token is, where the monster's token is, and letting them know what well, game measure. actions the monsters have taken. That's letting them know what's going on in the game. And that's fine for a board game. That's fine for Gloomhaven. That's fine for Descent, right? That's fine for Diablo. But role-playing games are just about the game. It's also about the fiction. And so if you're not also telling them what's going on in the fiction, you are missing a good chunk of the game. And I think you're right. And, and you know, as a rule of thumb, I would just say, when in doubt, pick just two senses. I know. Well, That's it. Steven gave me a pretty good advice. He said, the next session you run, focus, on, put a little sticky note. I know uh, Ben does this, put a little sticky note and says, you know, sight. Sure. Then session two that you do, sight sound. You know, mm. and start working yep, your way up. Yep, that's good. That's because smart. Yeah. That's smart. It might be a little hard to say, okay, do all five. Oh, that's too much. You know it's what too I mean? Much. But you're like, so it's also your players to absorb. Also, by the way, the other thing is too, what you really want to get good at is what Aaron was demonstrating and then what you picked up on. And then, right, because what gets measured gets managed <laughs> and what gets rewarded gets repeated. So when you give descriptions, Make it so that if someone pays attention, they will be rewarded in the sense that if there's undead, play up the smell. Or if there's some sort of vermin, right. play up the sound. Scratching, right? Rustling. And when people pay attention to this and they go, oh, I think there's X, Y, and Z. If the information is just literally fluff, if it's pointless, it's right. just there to just be fluff, right? It's Magic the Gathering flavor text. That's good. That's, that's like something. That's something. It, that's 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 the toe tip in the water in the, the shallow dark, end. Dark of the cable. Don't ignore the flavor text. Don't ignore the flavor text. Okay. I think my favorite is Crows and Drover, and it's flavor text is sit. That's from Scourge. This is a hell of a set. Um, yeah, there's a classic example of this. Um, okay, it's all, you know what it was? It was a soft move. Ignored became a hard move. Yeah, that's right. That's in, what I did. <laughs> in, in Dungeon World terms, we, we'll talk about that. But okay. but, but one day, um, I was playing a game with Aaron. And uh, we were out. I was. I was. I was in a bad mood, and I don't. You remember were in why. a bad. Mood. I don't remember why. Like not like personally. Like I was in a bad mood because of something that was happening in the game. We were having problems, or we had maybe you're, we just. You were just traveling in a dungeon. Uh, maybe we had like suffered a defeat or something. It was the beginning of a session, I thought. But we were going to the dungeon. You're literally going you down the road. Uh, this is third edition D and D. Okay. And we're dri- We're going to the dungeon, and we're traveling down the road through the wilderness towards the dungeon. We're just trying to get there. And Aaron's giving a description of the the landscape, and he's talking about how there's you know a bubbling brook, and there's some trees, and in the distance, dark mountains with foreboding peaks already crested with white snow, and the first hints of winter coming. Um, and it just kind of throws away just like this random like line of like like um, uh, in the in the you know near the side of the road, you see a couple of large uh, chicken like creatures pecking around at the ground, you know. And I go and basically you know just giving us this flavor text. And I'm just like, Aaron, I don't have time for this. We don't, none of, none of us have time for this, okay? We're just going, whatever. And Aaron goes, all right, well, then the cockatrices. <laughs> uh, I, know what, I know what those are. Get a surprise Soft round. Soft you utilize the prep. <laughs> get a surprise round because you literally just told me you're ignoring them. And we all got turned to stone. Dang. Yeah. The entire, the entire was a wipe. petrified. It, we, we, it was a wipe. We all got turned to stone. Well, the good news is not all the players were there that day. Correct. Rich Camp, our buddy, was the cleric of the party, was not there. Um, and luckily, my familiar 
which was a raven capable of speech, did not get turned to stone. And so he was able to fly back to town. Uh, Rich was, his character was his, uh, the was my familiar's best friend. Not me, the, not the wizard. That's funny. But the cleric was. And he told him, hey, uh, everybody got turned to stone. And so he came and saved us. But he wasn't there that day, so that was like the end of the session. Like We just, uh, we just, got, we just got all turned <laughs> to stone. Then Derek was in a bad mood. And I was in a bad mood. Then, then I was definitely in a bad mood. But my point was, um, Aaron wasn't just throwing out that fluff just to be flavor text on the bottom of a Magic the Gathering card. He was doing it as a way to help communicate ideas and information for the players to make decisions on. And that's very important because now the players go, not only is this making the game cooler and more fun and more engaging, but it's also something useful. And if I listen to it and pay attention to it and utilize it, I can gain an advantage in the fiction yeah, of I was the game. Say, it, the, the, the toe tip part gives you the feel. It takes the 2D map, yeah. becomes a 3D immersive yeah. sense. Like, let me but give then you... the flate, but the fiction part all of a sudden becomes the uh, the rules part yeah. of the game. Like the chickens, I said, oh, those are characters. So these are things that I need to pay attention to because yeah. I'm actually seeing my surroundings now Yeah, like in my mind. And so now what am I actually seeing? Yesterday when you were talking about the Arcane Laboratories, I, I instantly was thinking about this and how is that mm. going to impact me i'm a sorcerer so yeah. how does this work with me you know i'm, I'm and, a... and sometimes you don't even necessarily have to have an idea in mind like i was thinking fair about, enough like i was thinking about something like imagine if i described a, a fight starts and there's an ogre uh there's a bunch of ogres and then there in the back there's like the ogre chieftain you know he's wearing a bunch of bone armor he has a dragon skull as a helmet you know looks like yeah, a badass cool. guy but he's grizzled he's missing one eye he's got a scar and he walks with a pronounced limp and i just described this to you and then I, as a player, go, hey, um, I'm going to try to trip this guy. Is it easy to do that because he's got a bad limp? And as a GM, you go, oh, wow. yeah, actually, you know what? It yeah, is. That's right. Um, his reflex DC is actually going to be much lower to trip him because he does have a bad leg, and it is easy to trip him. I wasn't expecting that as a GM, right. but my player is picking up on what I said, and they're using it. They're treating the game like it's real. That is role playing. Well, that happened last night when when you were in the the one skill challenge, uh, and you're like, I want to. You said this is magically amplified. I want to try to like dampen that. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Well, one that seems harder. So the DC's higher, but you succeeded. I was like, well, that should have a massive impact on this. So now I, everyone I, I, else's I DC <laughs> is lower. Yeah. Right. Because you could just say, I I attempt the skill check. But what you were doing was saying, well, you just told us that the reason why it is so cold is because of the magic. Right. So if I could somehow dispel or contain or weaken that magic, wouldn't that make it less cold? I, I think you, so. You <laughs> just described that to us. I am applying right. logic to this, and I am going to try to interact with your fiction, not your game. And by the way, that's why those challenges are supposed to be like that and why they can be fun. Now, a lot of times they end up in, even fourth edition, they end up in just being spamming. Spamming dice rolls. Um, but that's why they could be cool. Correct. That you, was the spirit of what they were trying yeah, to do. Yeah, you want to use this knowledge that you're hearing to create creative solutions. Right. Yeah. And Now, if I have one, yeah, and so if I have one big complaint about Pathfinder 2nd Edition, it's that a lot of the things that we're talking about, of course you can do in the game, but it doesn't actually talk about this right like what i was describing about the ogre chieftain with the bum knee and his reflex is yeah, but should it his yes how else are you gonna learn it oh i guess i 
Right. If you if you're one of these people, you go out and you play fifth edition Abomination Vault, and you said, "Wow, that was an awesome adventure." I'm going to pick up Pathfinder Second Edition because these Paizo people seem to know how to make an adventure. They probably know how to make a system. I'm going to pick it up. You pick up Pathfinder Second Edition. You read the core rulebook, maybe even the read the GMG, and you start playing it. And you go, "Okay, well, this guy's got a reflex of plus eleven, so the DC's twenty one to trip him." And you just you never think, "Is this something that's mutable? Wait, it's changeable?" Would you think that in five e? No, I don't think 5e does well, a good job of this either. But, 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 5e, you might go, you have advantage. Right. Fair. Or 5e or, spends time talking about advantage, disadvantage. It and talks about rules. using advantage and disadvantage as a way to reward or penalize players yeah. for taking good or dumb ideas right. in the fiction. Is there another system that you've experienced that. Almost every other one. Almost every I was going to say, is there one that you could <laughs> tell our audience to, like, you know, maybe you should read because then it will give you greater insight on being a, I don't know, GM to learn that kind of stuff. Because I actually... only played 5e and. Well, I played a little bit of L5R, but 5e and basically. I mean, to be too. clear, I think 5e could do this job a lot better too. It could do it better. I, I don't think. I think it does it better than Pathfinder. It does it better than Pathfinder too. It, it's it's not great. This is why, like, like I'm a little outspoken when I am critical of the Pathfinder 2 GMG because everyone's like, "This is an amazing GMG." Like, uh, okay, the things it's, that's, it's, it's in it are good. It's an amazing mechanical, exactly GMG. My my criticism of it is that it doesn't actually help teach new GMs how to GM. So the people who like it are typically in our Discord experienced game masters who appreciate the mechanical aspects of it. Of Correct. course, the monster builder is great. The the victory point system is great. You know, I like the relics. I, I like all the content in the book. I don't have a but criticism. You're an experienced GM. Well and my point is is like if I'm looking at this as people getting into the hobby and we've seen, right? The two entry points are 80% fifth edition, but you know, probably like 10, 15, 20% Pathfinder 2. Sure. Right? Uh, we do have new people who are coming in only playing Pathfinder 2. Uh, not as much, but it exists. Well, if you're completely new and you haven't played, you haven't grown up on this, you're not Derek and I who've been playing this since we were literally 11, 12 years old, right? You don't know these things. You don't know that, oh, this is a game that is mutable and I can make a decision like, yeah, it should be easier to trip the ogre. I, mean, I wouldn't have known that. Right, because you're but like, I'm, well, I'm going to try to play this game. I don't want to cheat. You know, hell, you're listening to this guy. You're like, fudging's horrible. I never want to fudge, <laughs> right? But like, you know, obviously Derek is making a distinction between fudging and ruling. Correct. That right? is a huge distinction. 100%. 100%. Right? Uh, but, you know, the book isn't telling you that. And that's my criticism of the GMG. How does it prepare you to be a game master? Because there's so many things you have to think about, so many things you have to design. Like, it's so much what, more what than monster. What do you even write there? Like, what do you write? Well, like, do, you, I, well number look one, at the I'm, fifth edition I'm book. Not, I'm not paid to do that. They are. So Correct. I would think. Fair enough. <laughs> if you look at the fifth edition book, and again, I agree with Derek, it doesn't do it well, but it makes an attempt. It does cover things like building an adventure, educating things, dealing with good ideas and bad ideas, when to use the dice, when not to use the dice. Mm. It covers these concepts. Again, not in a way I would consider to like be truly in depth, thoroughly robust, but it does it. But it does it. Yeah. Okay. I, agree. I don't think eh. the GMG does that. In fact, I would argue this: if you're listening to this right now and you're playing Pathfinder Two predominantly, I recommend that you pick up the Five E DMG. Hundred percent. And I think you should read it. Right. I think it is as a dungeon master guide. Guide. Yeah. Better than the Pathfinder Two. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, the system. The I mean, you should. You should have both. Yeah, sure. I'm just saying, I think that the, you know, quite frankly, go back and buy the third edition and the fourth edition DMG. Yeah, those ones are. Yeah. Buy, you want to find a book? You want to buy, it? I don't know if you can get it with PDFs. Get fourth edition Dungeons mm -hmm. and Dragons DMG 2. Mm -hmm. 
It has an entire section about player profiles, about what motivates and inspires players, about how to realize what it is that you can do to encourage and reward players. There's a lot Against of psych- players, not characters. There's a lot of psychology yeah. to being a dungeon master. You know, one of the reasons why I'm good in my real life with meeting people and kind of sussing them out and figuring out what it is, reading them. Yeah. What do they want? It's because I've been a DM. Right. And part of being a DM is figuring out like when I'm at a table, this happens to me all the time when I'm in conversations, I'll, someone else will be ta- telling a story. I, I do it unconsciously. I am looking at everybody else in the in the circle that's listening to the story, and I'm trying to figure out, are they still interested? Do I need to bring them into the conversation? Do I need to interject some? They don't, they don't look like they understand. Someone just, that person's telling the story, but that person didn't understand. They're not, they're losing it. And that person is, the person telling the story didn't even notice. Didn't pick it up, yeah. And so mm-hmm. I'll go in there, I'll go, I'll be like, oh, you mean like, like in baseball? You know, like I'm trying to make it relevant so that they connect yeah. the dots and then they go, oh, okay. you know, because as a DM, my job is, is to is to make sure that we're all mm. on the same page and that if I'm saying something to you and to you, the, the players over here aren't being, you know, rejected or neglected and uh, making sure that everybody's participating. I just do this at this point subconsciously, constantly. Yeah, and it's a skill and it's a technique. So as important as it is to learn the difference between agile backswing, yeah, backswing. what was the other one? Brutal, brutal, right? And I well, and I do know what those rules mean. Uh, as important as that is, I almost think that that's secondarily important, you know. And this is one of the reasons why. And I said this in our uh, secret lost Patreon uh, episode of of, of a, a we did a night's last call episode that never aired. And we released it just to our patrons. And one of the things I talked about, and I'll say it on the podcast because you're an exclusive crew if you're listening to this. That's true. I basically said I would never tell. I mean, I get it. There's a beginner box set. That's great. And it's going to be a beginner box too. And it is from all from I've read it. I've seen it. I love the 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 uh, the right there. The inserts that they include yeah, in it are yeah amazing. Best I've ever seen. And the the. The adventure structure is great, and too. Event- it's a great tutorial. It, it introduces it, each. It, it's written like a video game tutorial. It is. It's fantastic. And it's really good. And in yep. this case, that's a compliment. In this case, it's a compliment. Um, but I would never tell anybody to start with Pathfinder 2. Agreed. And to, be on, and, and to be honest with you, I would never tell anybody to start with Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. I would tell you to, start, I would tell you to start with uh, Dungeon World or Fate. Descent. Um, you know, uh, even a board game. Yeah. But here's the problem. There's two things that you need to learn. You need to learn the mechanics, how the game works. But you also just need to understand how role-playing games work. And the one thing that a game like Dungeon World or Fate mm-hmm. really enforces is that role-playing games are a conversation. So when we playing? <laughs> I already asked. Our, if, if he has already asked. If this is going to improve my skills as a player and a GM... Markedly so. Now, the reason why, yeah. by the way, the reason why is because... There aren't a lot of rules in here. So you're like, but this book is thick. Pretty good. It's not rules. Part of it is because they don't like to use space. Like, 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 like so many pages. Right. But, 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 but. <laughs> they hate trees. I don't know. <laughs> there is like an inch and a half border around the I text know. on there. Yeah, you know, it's not. The margins when I got awful. this book, I was like, this isn't that thick of a system. I was like, oh, okay. It's not very well, efficient. Well, they put stuff in Font the Font 20. In the, in the not, sides. It's three-inch like, borders. It's not. It's all throwaway, though. These aren't. It's always just quotes. It's flavor text. 
Um, okay. But what Dungeon World is trying to do, though, is it's trying to facilitate a conversation. Right. Let me put it another way. You could play Pathfinder 2. It has dice, though, and it's a dice? It's yeah, it has dice. Oh, yeah. it's a, so it is a TTRPG. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah very much so. You could play Pathfinder 2 or Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition as a board game. Hmm? Right? Like, you could sit down and you could play Pathfinder 2nd Edition. <laughs> they turned an edition of D&D into a board right. game. Right. I mean, they took 3rd edition. No, no. They took 3rd edition yeah. D&D and they took the combat rules and they made a separate game called D&D Miniatures. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was a competitive. Yeah. Like, as in. You were competitive in it. Yeah. yeah. Me and me and Tim were both competitive and we'd go to tournaments. Play an entry fee and try to win. In, in uh, fourth and, edition, they did the same thing. They made descent-like games. Oh right, like the Wrath of Asher Delon, yeah, and, Legend uh, of Dreads, Legend of Dreads, and the Castle, Castle Ravenloft. Ravenloft, yeah, or whatever. I want to say there was a fourth one. I don't think so. I think there was only three. I think you named them. Okay. But any case, um, you can turn these into to a board game. You can play Pathfinder Two, and Aaron could never role play. He could just put the monster down and roll initiative, and I could roll initiative, and we could. I go. I'm going to stride. I'm going to strike. I'm going to flank. I'm going to trip. I'm going to aid. We could do all that. In fact, quite frankly, sometimes that happens. Yeah, you know, for better or for worse. One of the look, if you don't like tactical board game right. type thing, right. you're playing the wrong game. I know why we're playing this game. Right. I do like those. I just told you. I played. <laughs> I played competitive. D&D miniatures case. I used to play Warhammer Fantasy. Obviously, I like moving miniatures around and fighting, right? right? You literally cannot do this with this game, right? It liter- you literally can't. Is it all theater of the mind? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. But also, If you're playing Perilous Wilds, there's a, a world map that you're drawing. It's almost like microscope mm-hmm. uh, where you're like the players are contributing to like drawing things, but there isn't like a tactical map. Okay. Right. And, and so, you know, some of the dice rolls in this don't tell you what they do. They basically say the GM will tell you. That's like the mechanical outcome. Hmm. Right. So that would be like if you read Pathfinder 2 and it said, you know, um, you know, if you hit, this happens. Right. If you miss, the GM, something will happen. Right. That's what it says. Failure is the GM tells you what happens. Right. And so you're like, okay, so what does that mean? It means, well, it means that you, right. you are forced GM can do whatever. to role play, yeah. essentially. You're forced to make something up. You could not play this game like a board game. No. Whereas you could play Pathfinder 2 like a board game. So there is a distinction between mm-hmm. games like this. Fate is the same way. Yeah. You could not play Fate like a board game. Now, does that mean that they are better games? No. They are different games right. for different types of genres and different types of itches I, that you want to scratch. I will say, going back to new gamers. Oh, sure. Um, Dungeon World is very intuitive, whereas you quickly have gamers run up to walls in 5th edition and Pathfinder 2, right? Like one of the most classic examples is like, the orc runs at you swinging his falchion down, right? And most new players, they're getting into it. It's their first fight, right? And they're like, okay, I get I get a role-playing game now. I describe things. And they go, I leap out of way. And if you're playing a D20 game, go, that's the neat thing. You don't. You're going to sit there and you have a number and I'm going to roll this die mm-hmm. up your head. And the player's like, well, what the? that wasn't fun. I didn't get to do anything. I wanted to leap out of the way. And like, we know because we play these games so long now that well that number is an abstraction and is representing your ability to avoid a blow and deflect the attack. That sucks. That's not fun. Correct. Right? You want to defy danger. You want to roll dice. You'd be like, look, dungeon master, I did leap out of the way. And the DM's like, you did. That's awesome. All right, but you, you're getting shot at, right? And then you roll the dice and and you're like, oh, I didn't leap out of the way. That's right. You're shot in the shoulder. You're bleeding out. It's looking pretty grim. What do you do? And it's intuitive because 
you do, you do, you describe what you're doing, right? And the conversation means it's going back and forth. So think about fifth edition, right? What does Derek always complain about, about D20 games? The ogre lifts his club. You will die! All right, let's roll initiative. Do some math. <laughs> it's like it's like an auction house. 13, go on, it's 13, 13, 15, 15 over here. Do I got 20? Do I got 20? Do I have 20? Do I have 20? Do I have 20? That makes it sound exciting. That's good point. Good point. It's Can't like, what'd you get? Uh, 20, 20, that's, 20, uh, that's interesting. I wonder if you now could we're do an auction like initiative an, system. Like an auction style initiative system. And like if you have a high dexterity, you have more money to bid. Oh, jeez. That's kind of cool. Like maybe like an old west style RPG. I don't know. Anyways, um, uh, I, right. I thought that was going to be It's jarring, right? Yeah. But here there is no, you know, yeah. dun 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 load into the battle scene. But, you just flow from narrative into narrative yeah. into narrative. But, but Aaron's 100 percent right. I've taught a lot of you know I've played with a lot of people, and one of the first things that always happens is when I play D and D games and I describe someone you know atta- being attacked. The person always goes like, "Well, can I can I like block? Can I leap out of the way? Can I do something?" And I go, "Well, no. You know, I'm gonna roll dice versus your armor class, and it it doesn't feel natural." I'm sure I'll get that tomorrow when I'm playing. Five E for the first right, time because it feels very passive. So right. but, and this, is, this is why, by the way, people love active defense, right? I know Vin was talking about recently, and mm-hmm. uh, you, you guys know I, I love uh, shout, shout out to uh, uh, what, Gliffy, Gliffy Gliff, Gliffy Gliff, Gliffy Gliff, uh, my favorite Five E homebrew. He's got a patron channel. Check it out; it's awesome. Basically made fourth edition and fifth edition. It's fantastic, and he has a role in there for uh, active defense and. Um, Derek knows I like dice. Derek's really got a hard on for like never rolling dice ever as a dungeon master. Correct. But, you know, okay, thinking about the players and they should come first as a game master, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, it sucks <laughs> to be on the receiving end of attack and feel like you're not doing anything. And again, I'm an experienced player. I played this well, my my child life and my adult life, right? And I'm still like just sitting there feeling like just getting whopped on when Derek rolls six dice and like hit, 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 crit. You know, and I'm like, okay, awesome. Glad I'm here. Glad I'm participating. Glad I'm playing this game. In right? my experience, the only time that people have really enjoyed that is when your AC is absurdly high, right? right. When, like, the monsters need 18s or 19s to hit you. Like, and that happened a lot right. in, like, third edition, you know, where you're like, oh, I have an armor and shield, and uh, they have a plus three to hit, and my AC is 22. Right. They need a 19, and you're just like, ha, 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 I feel it, you know, because it feels I mean, right. you threw two bullers at me and knocked me down yesterday. I didn't even get to go yet. Right. I bet that sucked. <laughs> yeah. Would you have felt better if you'd rolled dice and you failed? And you were like, oh, yeah, I just got hit well, by those there's bullers. Also, there's maybe. A, okay. That's, but that's, that's, I'm that's also, the feeling. That I feel like I expected that in PF2. When well, then like, also in the addition, you could have hero-pointed that. Right. And this right? Is, you have no control when you're passive. Correct. Right. This is also where I like the idea of, um, of um, uh, what's the concept? Is speak your move, but but redirect or something. I think it's the principle. I can't remember it. Um, the agenda, but like from Dungeon World. But like for me, I, it's, it's, it's all psychological tools, right? Because here's the thing. I say this all the time. I don't think the purpose, I don't think the number one priority of a role-playing game is to have fun. I've said this before. And I, know, I know this is like dramatically crazy. That's why we play Pathfinder. It's that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Well, besides that, um, <laughs> uh, damn it, I lost my train of thought. Well, oh, yeah. fun, You're talking about not too. having fun in um, a role-playing game because that's not the goal. No, no, yeah, the goal isn't to have fun because if the goal, you start making, you start, you can start making bad deals. In the pursuit of that, you know, and, and it it it's like raising a kid, right? If my goal yeah. is my, I never want my child to ever be upset. That seems like a great goal, and then if you raise your kid that way, you're right. going to be in trouble. And you know what they'll be upset. 
<laughs> because they're going to get upset a lot Mission and fail. they don't know how to understand how to how handle that. And they don't know how to handle it. Yeah, I right. tell my kids, I'm not here to be your friend, you know, and D&D is a game with random outcomes. And that means sometimes the random outcomes are going to be bad. Sometimes they're going to suck. We talked about this with floor and ceiling, right? Sure. We talked about the floor and the ceiling, but what I'm just trying to say is my goal isn't to make it fun. My goal is to make it interesting. There. Okay. Now, interesting isn't always fun, right? For example, Game of Thrones, Red Wedding. Was that fun? It was traumatic. It was traumatic. It was interesting. But it was really, it was, it held your attention. I just watched that scene the other day. It gave me nightmares. Right. And, but that's incredible. But it wasn't fun. It's awful. Right. People go to see horror movies. They go to see these gut-wrenching dramas about, you know, a loved one who gets sick. You know what I mean? Why are we seeing these things? They're not fun. I don't watch those. Okay. I also don't watch horror movies. There's like no point in that. Why, why, why do I want to be scared? Because it's interesting. No, it's, it's that, awful. That's the entire point of what you know what's interesting? Hulkbuster armor. No. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you're, so, you're so boring. It's painful. It's going to be interesting to watch a Conan whenever we do our first movie. Oh, night. for sure. So, okay. <laughs> so it's I'll... like a mix of us two. Yeah. For the patrons at home. <laughs> If the patrons at home that are watching the uh, behind the scenes, like, why is Aaron disappeared from the camera? So yes. he, he like collapsed. <laughs> okay, so um, outside Bob being the I most need, boring. I need to recoup. <laughs> outside Bob being very boring. Um, we play the game because they're interesting, and you know we we hope that in the long term, in the aggregate. But if I'm sitting there, if my goal is everyone has to be having fun, I'm going to start making very bad decisions that are going to ultimately. It's also really hard. Sure. How do you understand what fun is for one? X, Y, Z, A, like there's I've, so I've many gone, different listen, variations. Listen, I, listen, Aaron knows. I've gone down this path before where I have tried to uh, define and rationalize and create fun aggregate scores and, you know, try to. Uh, what was it? Fun quota? Even, fun quota. How do you even determine that? Oh, we tried. You're I, talking to a data scientist here. <laughs> Everything can be measured. That is that is 100% true. <laughs> I need you to do the, the, the doctor scale. Did you have a frowny face or a happy face right. at the end of this? <laughs> So, thank you, Mr. Aaron. Um, I'm good. Um, still drinking his ice. It's a little. It's, got, it's really. <laughs> it's, not, it's barely even colored at this point. <laughs> it's got the taste. Um, <laughs> you just you just needs a reminder of the flavor. That's right. I like you listen. Let the, um, let the memory do all the rest. Interesting because okay. I so, I do play to have fun. A lot of times I play or GM for the yeah, the well, pizza. Well, pizza and, and beer. And 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 that is and and to be clear. You are right. Um, I am being kind of an, an elitist snob here. I believe you're a gatekeeper. <laughs> uh, would I be? There's a. This is definitely gatekeeping okay. clickbait material. Okay, so there might be even be an element. We're of clickbaiting right now, um, <laughs> because there is a style of play very much appropriate called beer and pretzels style play, right? Where the objective of the game is just to have fun. Yep. But then, if that's the case, you're playing the wrong game. Hundred percent. But, because, but you could play it. Uh, here's why. Because the people who play D&D with a beer and pretzel style play with people who, and, oh, well, okay, let me actually take another step back to that. It, the goal is to have fun. Yes. Once upon a time, for most people who were playing this game, you could play a game and you go in, you're drinking beer, you're having pizza, you go in there, you fight some goblins, you kick their ass, you take some treasure, you go around the corner, there's an ogre, half of you die, the other ones run away, <laughs> uh, you know, and everyone's laughing. Even the people right. who die, they're right. all like, that was pretty, that was pretty sweet. Man, this is true. That was pretty sweet. You know, everyone's yeah, like. Now people are dedicated to their characters, they're 
right. now with that, like, oh, I'm out $300 yeah. of custom art yeah. and minis. So now that wouldn't that scenario again, I'm speaking in generalities yeah. here, but in general, for a lot of people, what I described, that experience would no longer be fun. Correct. Okay. Where like, for example, I have been a part of and I have seen overseen TPKs that were universally hailed as that was great. Even ones were like like I, I, I've lost some cherished characters, characters I legitimately loved. I and mean, I was I, like, that TPK was amazing. Crom is a, Crom, is a first 100%. example I think of. Uh, Tim and You'd have proud, Bob. He died drunk. Um, that was actually part of the reason he died. That's actually part of the reason he died. But, but we, we, we had a fight, and the uh, three party members died. Okay, One of them was an NPC. Two of them were PCs, Tim's character and Aaron's character. The PCs who liked that fight the most, who loved that fight, who, yeah. who've talked about that fight for decades, are Tim and Aaron, the people who died. Right. As that was one of the greatest moments of my gaming career. Yeah, and it's we love these characters. And, but I think that just all depends on the group. Again, you're talking generalities. I assume that my beer and my beer and pizza game on uh, Sundays for D and D will be uh, more relaxed. It's right. and funny so, when you die and, 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 and so that's, roll up a new character. Right, and that's fine. But, and that's my point, when I'm playing with that group of people, I can play D&D and be like, the dice are going to fall where they may. Yep. And they fell against you. Also, that was stupid. And <laughs> there, there's a little bit of that. And you're all dead. And everyone goes, that was awesome. That was great. Yeah. But if you're playing these games, because that can still happen in 5th edition, that can still happen in Pathfinder 2, but you know that your players are not going to have a fun time with that, then if your goal is everyone needs to have fun. That The only op- outcome is you need to cheat. I mean, the time I TPK did not have fun was when I when we died to that dang dr- flying thing that he put against us. I felt like oh. there was nothing we could even do. The River uh, Drake plus yeah. the Goblin Dragoon. I was like, this just sucked. Right. <laughs> like, if I would have died to I that I don't giant, think anyone had fun that session. That, that checks out. I no, mean, the street fight was cool. The, actually, yeah, I like the chase thing. That was actually pretty cool. Mm. And all everything was happening there. It just felt like I was like, there was no way to win. And then you felt like you kind of are out of it but when we if we would have died by the stone giant last night i'd have been like we did a lot and we slowed him and we still died i'm like that's well, pretty Derek, crazy Derek did die <laughs> Derek did die that's right still pretty cool i mean i don't know if you had fun oh yeah I yeah mean, I, I had a great time <laughs> yeah so like um, that was cool i mean I, okay i didn't say anything because i don't want to say it's passive aggressive but it's like oh, it's gosh. it's me just being like <laughs> i understand that this is fine and like it doesn't matter I was a little salty that I was dying and dead. Well, not dead. Oh, this is about the laying hands? I was dying. No. And no one in the party even tried to help me. Right? You had to. I First of all, I'm not used to it. Sure. And so, like, when you're like, you can lay on hands to me, I'm like, I can lay on hands to you. Right. And you're like, should you? I'm like, should I? Question right. mark. Or like, or like the ranger had stabilized and is he trained did in give medicine. Me a potion. Yeah. And trained and has a potion. And I'm lit. Doesn't next, Kaz have battle medicine? And Kaz has battle medicine because his 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 archetype <laughs> is medic. Right. Okay. So well, now I'm having second thoughts about okay. what the hell happened. So last night. three party members went. And and I'm at dying three. Get that damage in. I'm at dying three. So they didn't even like stand over you. I feel like people just get so dictated on, or are so one sided on what they're supposed to do. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like, on my do. turn, <laughs> on my turn, I have a sixty percent chance of dying. Yeah, at the start it, of my turn. I tell you, it didn't even cross my mind to lay on hands. You, I believe it. I mean, I'm just being honest. <laughs> that's kind of Derek's and, point. Man, that, that's kind of my point. Like, I could, I could have been sitting there. I could have been shouting to the heavens, like, "Save me! Save me! Somebody do something!" But I was just like. I'm just going to let this happen, you know? What are, what are these guys going to do? That's kind of where I was at. 
I mean, I, I, I like, did lay on hands you after you told me to lay on hands. What are these guys yeah. going to do when I just wallop their back line? Well, but I meant more like I was dying three. No, no, and I got that. And yeah, I yeah. made that announce. I was like, yeah. oh, well, I'm dying two. I'm like, what? I'm, huh. I was wounded. I'm dying three. I'm like, I'll be making a death save on my next turn. Yeah, and I went. Took their turn. He said he was making a death save next. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you're like, okay. Magic, magic missiles. <laughs> and I'm the magic missile guy, not the lay on hands guy. And you literally have lay on hands. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And actually, right before he did that, and I pointed out I that you, I pointed out that you had two focus points. Right. Cor- Correct. Correct. You did, you could That's the only reason I went over and did it. Okay. But before that, I even talked to you about how much does lay on hands give me? Oh, it gives me uh, 18 health, and you're like, yeah, it does. And then like one turn later, you're dying, and I'm like, what's lay on hands? <laughs> right. Well, I like the part where like Derek's like, hey, how about you come over here? You're like, I had to stand up and walk over there. Uh, you did say I that. I had to use my whole turn to do it. Like, I had to use my whole turn to do it. And, and after I, Derek just spent three actions healing you. Now, when you think about it, though, the action economy worked out well because I did all that, and I had to eat the giant head and then use his turns to, to kill Derek. Right, because now cause Derek Actually, got to go still before the giant. I think you killed both. <laughs> I think you knocked us both down, so I don't know if it was a benefit or not. <laughs> well, but even still, that's still, that, that's still, that's still yeah. good action. Three probably. actions for well, his two. two, because he slowed. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. but it was more like it was amusing to me to watch my entire party just ignore and when, wait, when one is a field medic, or right. one is a medic, archetype, yeah. and the other one, who is standing next to me, is both trained in medicine, has a healer's kit, and has a bunch this of potions. This would have been good for your act, a- after-action report. Sure. Interesting that no one healed me. Yeah. <laughs> it, was very, it was very interesting <laughs> that no one uh, went out of their way to heal me. Now, granted, things are a little different in our game because death isn't uh, permanent. Uh, That's so, probably why people were like, which is also we'll why, back to the camp. Which is also why I was content to right. just sit there quietly. Oh, otherwise, Derek would have been like furious. I would have been like, well, no, I would have said something. Yeah. I would have been like, hey, guys, FYI, I'm dying, so one of you does need right. to heal me. I'm going to have to make a new character in about 12 minutes. Right, exactly. So please let me know. Uh, please please do something. Well, I apologize. No, it's okay. Uh, I, no harm, no foul. We killed the boss, and we we, we won the dungeon. But um, my point is that, uh, you know, these, uh, you know, for me, that could be a fun experience. For Aaron, that could be a fun experience. For a lot of people, it can't be a fun experience. But these games are designed to, you know, you roll badly and you're dead. And so if if your group isn't going to have fun with that, then you're going to have to cheat. You know, the you're going to have to fudge. Is... Or you have to accept that maybe the point of the game isn't to have fun. My point of the game <laughs> is to make it interesting. Like those all the movies that you hate. Because you like the game. First of all, like, I only really hate a few movies. Well, no, you don't. You like uninteresting movies. That uh, that's not also true. I would think that is true. Okay, you, you're picking on the ones that. What, what's the I most interesting about? movie you like? Ma- the Matrix. That's not interesting. What? No one dies and they win. The, the Matrix is a great movie. He goes from being level one to level twenty in like the span <laughs> of like fantastic <laughs> three days. He becomes a literal god within the world. He becomes like an anime character who can fly yeah, and even reach better. It. I think you're being a little harsh. I think there are some interesting parts in the movie. There is. There are all the parts that he didn't know about or ignored until and now we I think it's it out even to... more interesting. Okay, okay, I'll buy it from there. But it was your favorite movie before you ever thought of any of that. Absolutely. So it has sweet gun scenes. Oh, I'm not saying more, he liked it for whatever reasons. Okay. I'm just saying I know that you like the movie Liver and for... not just because of the action scenes. No, I like it for the the, the action scenes. Are are amazing. Others, they are great. But there are movies that I like that you like too. Let me let me take a ba- let me take a back seat. Name a movie that doesn't involve guns or fighting that you like. That that I like? Yeah, that isn't Disney. Okay, uh, The Prestige. Okay. Okay, that's good. Great. And the reason I mentioned it is because it was one of the ones you talked is about. Is that movie fun? It was awesome. Is it fun? I don't know what fun I is I do not there. think that's a fun movie. Well, spoiler alert, a lot of people die, like all of them. It was cool. <laughs> it was a cool... But was it fun? It was cool in the fact that it tested my, my brain. It is a tragedy, that movie. It, there's it's some bad, borderline there's some, horror. Yeah, it's some. It's borderline horror. Yeah, there's some weird scenes in there. Okay. It definitely had the plot twist stuff. 
right. really my point, with you. But that is a very interesting movie. What about Memento, great movie. Also very good that movie. One's, that one's weird to watch. Watching it my point basically. is, these movies aren't trying. These movies are fun because they're interesting. What about uh, Fight Club? That's got some action yeah, and it's a good interesting. One. I think that's also a very good one. Apparently, you like mindfuck movies. Uh, yeah, remember I don't like horror, sure. but I like a lot of like the the big twist. I like plot twists. I like things that test my brain. Sure. Um, but if I, if I if I'm coming down to it, what am I going to watch? Nine times out of ten, Marvel. Yeah, I get it. Action. I mean, that's just what I like. Um, I mean, I like those movies too. Uh, of course, I do too. And and you know, we've talked about this before, but that, that's one of the reasons why I do like playing different RPGs and having different experiences. But what I'm trying to say is, we are relying. We don't have a script writer. We no. have dice. And dice are going to give us outcomes that aren't always fun, but they will be unexpected. Mm-hmm. And that means that at least I think RPGs are, des- are better designed to be interesting outcomes than fun ones. Yeah. Because it's literally, I don't know what's going to happen. It could be anything. Could be a boat. Could be a swan. Could boat. literally be a swan boat. Swan boat. That was weird. How many um, swan boats we're going to have in the party next session? Oh, so many. Um, <laughs> you got to restock your ladders. I got to restock my ladders. I don't need ladders anymore. I got boats. That's right. Yeah, boats and um, rope. And so, so yeah, but so so RPGs are better at making things interesting because it's random. If it, if RPGs were be- were good at making fun, you wouldn't use dice. Do you think that also the fun has anything to do in terms of death with the level of the party? No, and meaning that a level one party that dies, it's so easy to roll back a character. But if I'm a level twelve, it can take me hours to freaking make a new. Well, if you're level twelve, you might also be able to get like a race dead. dead. Okay, that, I guess that's fair. Okay, then I rescind it. Yeah. I just, if anything, I mean, using it took the, me forever you, to make you, a little sixteen character the other day. I was like, this is a chore. Yeah. Well, that's also because of Pathfinder Two being very mechanically complex. Well, I, but I was making, like, if I had a rope a one level character, I'd do it all day. Honestly, Pathfinder Two is probably a little bit easier than it used to be. PF One, I think, would be way worse. Well, PF One would be way worse. But um, PFT, you basically just pick your talent levels like level one up. And wow, here are my four choices. Yeah, no, that's actually fairly true. Uh, but like getting gold and spending all that stuff, that could be really difficult. Yeah, shopping can be. To a be clear, yes. most people aren't like rolling up level sixteen characters. Fair. You I've know? done this with the patrons because we ran these right into the community games where you're like high levels. If, sure. if I'm speaking about in terms of the game, I think the worst level to die at is like three to five. Your character is just starting to get cool. They're right. just starting to get interesting. You've got a bunch of cool feats or a bunch of cool spells. You're not some punk level one character. Also, where you've put no real time right. or effort in. No, you've maybe made it play. Maybe played it for a month or two. Mm-hmm. Maybe or even more, but you're not high enough level yet to really have that raised raise dead, dead locked That's in a danger level. And so, like three to seven is like the danger zone, where it's also paradoxically for me also kind of the most interesting, right? You know. Well, and I feel like that's the most zones that people play because if they're only really playing one to ten, three yeah. to seven is in the freaking middle. Yeah, I'm excited about our kind of uh, one through ten mod that we're going to try out here. Oh, we're doing the eight, uh, we're doing ten levels. The dark but, winter faster, right? Right. So instead of going through one through ten session. or ten through twenty, we're doing the spell casting levels. Oh, I think that's ta- an interesting. You're take. not talking about northern reaches. You're talking about our oh, yeah, 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 dark winter. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I I think one through ten is the way to go. I mean, that's just so much. Stuff. Well, I, I I like the ten levels, particularly ten sessions, like Thirteenth Age, and Derek does this. I think a couple other games, just because I mean. Who has time to play these games anymore? Especially if you're only playing like two times a month, which is like exactly. I, I feel like is most parties. Exactly. I mean, not everyone can play every month, every week. But I like specifically with PFT. I wouldn't do this like in fifth edition because it wouldn't matter. Um, I like going up the spell levels because you get the flavor of everything. First of all, I'm new to this. I freaking hate that the spell levels is so 
unintuitive? I just don't freaking understand <laughs> Not intuitive? Not to mention that when you tell me, like, you got a permanent level nine scroll. Right. I'm like, well, oh, so I get, uh, I, I mean, I know spell is... level five. Okay, why? I, I know <laughs> so they didn't annoying. do it because it's a sacred cow thing, but they already messed with the spell system, right? So you got you got 10th level, which wasn't really a thing officially. It was not. Uh, and, you know, the way heightened works is there's a lot of um, dials you have on your spells. So it wouldn't have been that much work to just make spell levels the same as character levels and split out. You know, so like level two spells are split out yeah. over one, two, three, Absolutely. four. Absolutely, you, you know? could make you could make haste level five and slow level six. Exactly. You could make fireball level six or five, and you can make lightning bolt right. level seven. It's just, there's these weird zones where like I level up to level four, and I'm like, nothing really happens. Yeah. But every but every other character like melee characters, something happens like a lot. Well, you get a feat, but it's just not that exciting. But yeah, it, 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 I just feel like there is like oh, level five was big. I'm trying for to remember me. what it was. It was Thirteenth Age that was level for level. Yeah, but Thirteenth Age was only ten levels. Right. But I'm just saying, other games have like. Yeah. Well, Monty Cook did something for Third Edition. I wanted. It, well, I don't know what it was. It might have been Arcana on Earth, but it might have been also another book that he did, like a supplement. I think he where did, he rebuilt yeah. the spell system. To be 20 spell levels. That's right. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 20. And so it's like Wish was like level, you know, 20 or whatever. Yeah, that was cool. Fireball was level 6. You know, like it was Arcana Unearthed. I don't know if it was Arcana Unearthed or if it was... um, Spellcast. The best D20. I don't remember. He he did a couple of supplements, but one of them he did is he's like, hey, let me just break the spells up and basically... I'm gonna put like the good, the better spells at the, at the higher, one. at like level yeah. two or four or six or eight. Totally makes sense. And then make the slightly not as good spells at one. Which three, totally makes five. sense when you review your uh, spells and magic thing. I mean, when you do level two, there are there are some spells that are not great, and there are some spells that are right. great. Well, if you start to spread those out and say, so those level two spells are level yeah. three and I four think, uh, well, that you get. Part of the problem yeah. is you know because now you're like okay, well then how many spell slots do you get for each spell level? If I give them two to each spell level, now they've got twenty spells. Is that more or less than yeah. they should have? Like, th- a lot of these games are built on the DNA of the games and the additions that came before them. And so, like, it's difficult to just get rid of that. And the more you change things, too, they learn this with 4th Edition. 4th Edition completely got rid of almost everything that we knew of as right. Dungeons & Dragons, with the exception of armor class, strength, dex, in con, whiz, charisma. Right. It got- actually, if you think about it, the attributes were one of the weaker parts of that system. Correct. So, um, you know... And then, and, and it you know did not sell as well as they wanted it to, and to the to the point where to the point where so you almost have to like start to the point where trickling fourth it. edition came out in the two thousand eight, mm-hmm. okay, um, uh, essentials came out in two thousand eleven, yeah, was okay, wasn't long. and D and D fifth edition started getting tested in twenty twelve, yeah, yeah and, like, it, and it came out in twenty fourteen, and it came out hard. in twenty fourteen, so fourth edition was only out for four years. Before they started preparing for the next edition, yeah. and then in total, its life cycle was six. Yeah, and the last couple of years of it, they almost released nothing for it. Right, you know, they released a couple of those like essential splat books, like the um, Heroes of Shadow. Yeah, and um, whatever you know, but uh, it was out for four years, and they said this is not selling well enough. We need to do something else. We need to go back to the drawing board. Do you just trickle it? Well, and that's yeah. I think some people think. Or do you just say fuck it? It is what two it is. is trying to do. Deal right? with it. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Like the, I, I, I would I, change a lot of shit. Well, <laughs> this, you know, and this is we, you know, this is kind of 
changing the topic a little bit, but it's relevant. You know, there was a lot of talk this week about the future of D&D. Uh, uh, 2024 is the scheduled release of whatever the next iteration of D&D is going to be. Next, next. Next, next. Um, it's the 50th anniversary of the game. It came out in 1974, the original uh, Little Brown Books. And that's 50 years. So D&D 50. D&D, you know, people are calling it 5.5 or are they calling it 6th edition. I am very much on the 5.0.0. I'm very much on the board that, that they're going to get rid of all of the edition. Yeah. Well, someone made a good point. Right. I think it was it was um, Stefan from Roll for Combat. Oh, Steven. Uh, where they don't even call fifth edition, fifth edition. Officially, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. in play we testing, call it fifth edition. everyone calls it 5e, fifth edition. They officially, right. in their name and nomenclature, do not. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, how I think it's going to be. And during, during the play test, was D&D Next. And during the play test, it was D&D Next. And then if, when it released, it was just D&D. Right. So <laughs> they've been going down this path for a while. Yeah, well, they, they they want to make it seem like it is this monolithic entity that yeah. sort of represents everything. But um, I like change and variety. I am a big fan of killing sacred cows. One of the reasons I buy so many role-playing games is because I want to see something different. I don't want things to be the same. Pathfinder 2nd Edition could have come out and gotten rid of Strength decks, int, con, wiz, int, charisma. Awesome. It could have gotten rid of skill. It could have got. It could have done something completely different and been Pathfinder Second Edition, mm -hmm. and I would have been like, "Awesome! I haven't seen this before." So I, I understand that that's probably makes me unique, uh, not maybe not unique, but rare as a customer because I think for a lot of customers they're like, "No, it needs to be familiar." I it, 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 there's a lot of things that you know someone um, when they were lambasting me on the internet. Um, <clears throat> Uh, made a comment uh, it might have been in the chat you know where actually I think it was in the chat when I was uh, live with Roll for Combat and they said uh, Derek really illustrating how much of a bubble he's in um, that's like the opposite what with, what bubble because I was talking about like oh because we were talking about being people becoming aware of Pathfinder and I go I don't understand how Pathfinder 2nd Edition Pathfinder Paizo right. is the number two game on ICV2 Right, the number two selling game on Roll Twenty. Yeah, the number two game yeah. on Foundry. It's the number two game. It is number two. Yep. Okay. I don't understand how you could play like if. Oh, I went to my cousin's oh, house I once. I, I, okay. I actually agree like, with let, me, them. let me give you an example. If Robert, your cousin, mm -hmm. who has played with you once, one and a half times, okay, and might play with you a few more times, if he doesn't know that Pathfinder exists. You know, which obviously he might because of you. He only does because of me. Right. No, but no, he but knows no, no, no. D&D &D I'm, saying, I'm saying because you play in Pathfinder and yes. because you run a Pathfinder channel. That's the only reason he knows. Right. I wouldn't expect him to know what Pathfinder is. But the idea that any of that the vast majority of D&D &D 5e players who are really invested in the game have no idea about any other role-playing game in with, existence. I agree with them. I think you're wrong. And this is where people were saying I was in a bubble. I don't, think that's, I don't think that means you're in a bubble. I think that just means that you, you just don't have that point right. I, I think D&D people are in a bubble, and they don't realize that Pathfinder well, yeah, okay, is but wait, in wait, there. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> but what is the bubble? Okay? Because that, I think that's the point. You're okay. saying the D&D people are in a bubble. I think so. Well, that would be 99% of people. So is that the bubble? No, not the, not, <laughs> but not all of D&D people don't realize it. But I think a good chunk of them go. And that's crazy to me. Well, I, 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 think, I think there's I a think fair point to be made here. I think that's the game that they're playing. Right? And, and Bob's, Bob's current 5e group is a good example of this, right? I think the game masters will be aware that Pathfinder exists. Yes. Because the game masters are going to be more involved. They're going to be on the internet. They're going to be going to the Reddit. And if you go to the D&D &D Next Reddit, you're going to find out about Pathfinder about four yep. posts down. 
right? No sure. players going to the Reddit. Players aren't doing that. Your party, they're going to think about D&D on once a week day. on the drive over to your house yep. while they're there, maybe 30 minutes or whatever on their drive home, yep. and then they're not going to think about D&D until next Sunday. Correct. And D&D is the only thing that's like you ever hear about sort of outside in the mainstream. Okay. Yeah. So And so to that end, that's fine. Is that really the person who you think is going to go... Oh no, I agreed with that. No, point. oh, oh, that, I agree with that point. Okay, well, first of all, first we know what the strategy is, right? Like, okay, I get it, guys. You got to market your company. You can't just come on and be like, "We're bending the knee, it's over," because you don't want to lose your current subscribers. I get it. Sure. You know, you know, we're involved in the business. You know, right, right. like, like I understand what you got to do. That's fine, but like, don't, don't, don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. We're getting off <laughs> time. We don't want to talk about this. Yeah. We've already beat this. Uh, so, but, but, I have but, one more question. If you want to talk yeah, about, we can it talk about it today. Um, I don't really know how to phrase this question either. Uh, so I'm running Storm King's Thunder. Yep. And from what I've read, because I decided I was going to read a bunch of other people's reviews of the game, and listen to what their takes were. Okay. That's mistake number one. No, I, 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 I'm joking. Th- there I'm are people joking. that were saying this part of the game has b- bad parts. You should do this. Look at this thing. Blah, yeah. Blah. yeah. One of the things they say, and I wanted to run it very as written because I wanted to explore the system as well. And this, again, this is an AP. The first town you get to, spoiler alert. Um, spoiler alert for Storm King Thunder. It's been out for a while. <laughs> I know. A spoiler alert for this Night's is, King this Thunder. Is an act Storm one. King Thunder. Yeah, it's the first thing. It's, uh, it's yeah. called uh, Knight's, Knight's, uh, uh, Knight's, Nightstone. Mm-hmm. Is the name of the first town. And there's a giant stone in the middle of the town, hence why it was named Nightstone. You're going there for adventuring reasons because they have adventures like that. Mm-hmm. And you get there, the, the stone's gone. That bad. It's been taken by giants that you never hear about again or ever find out about why they took the stone, et cetera. Should there be more that I should be telling again? Could this be a 5e adventure being awful? Should I be telling them more or trying to come up with something on my own to, to really build this town up, to, 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 to have them understand this town? Because from what I've read, they go into this town, and this is a random town with a random name that means nothing to the story at all. They're going to run a couple adventures to help the town, and then eventually get on their way. It's, it's the place where they go back to restock. I don't even know if it's that. I think they literally only come here for levels one through four, and they're done. Well, I mean, it's four levels. They have to sleep. Correct. But, but apparently you run this thing like literally almost once a session, leveling up. It just seems like a really weird thing, and that then— the people I was leading on, online, listening to online were like, don't just avoid Nightstone. Just do your own thing for one through four because it's such, such a waste. Yeah. Is I, there, are, am I, I don't know how to phrase the question because I'm like getting into this with the players. And I'm going to run them to Nightstone. And I'm like, I feel like they're just going to be like, this town is so uninteresting and so boring and so well, okay. railroad let, let, let me, let me stop. There's a lot of questions there. Yeah. So <laughs> let me, let me, I'll say this. I don't, I'm not familiar with this. You, you might be more familiar with it. I, I, well, I, I was going to say, you know, I read this years ago, so I don't remember all the details. I, one thing about how those 5th edition adventures work is they're modular. So the um, levels like 1 through 4 can be swappable Correct. with That's what the other ones. Did. Yep. So what they all do is they throw in something if you don't have it. Like if uh, I'll give you an example. There's, um, oh, geez, what's the one about the Underdark? Something about the Abyss? Uh, the one with the... Out of the Abyss? Uh, yeah. The one with the, the Demogorgon in the front or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, I think that's the right one. So that that one, the way that starts is you are a, a, a drow raiding party. A drow, sorry. Drow. A drow raiding party. It's uh, drow. I always said drow. It's, it's actually drow. Wow. According that's to n- who? News to me. That's how it's pronounced. 
people listening, let us know. I don't know how you would. We just call it draw. I've, I've seen, never heard it called draw. I've seen pronunciation guys that say it's it's rhymes with how. Someone said draw. All right. I don't know. We'll find out later. I don't think it matters. I was just being Our patrons funny. will let us know. The Drew. <laughs> Drew the Drow. Um, there's a raiding party of Drow, and they capture you on the surface, and they take you down. Okay. Uh, depends on Baranzan, I think, actually. Uh, and then you have to escape and get back up to the surface. And then by the time you do this, you're like level four or five. And it's actually really dangerous because it's still the Underdark, so there's like Umberhulks and Hook Horrors, and they're just slaughtering you. But the way it works is there's like... 20 NPCs with you, so you're trying to use them as meat shells oh, okay. so that your characters don't die, right? Anyways, when you get up there, you know, Bruno's like, all right, you can go do the rest of this adventure, which basically sends you back down in the Underdark. Or if you have the other books, you know, Bruno can be like, hey, uh, you should oh. go deal with this giant situation. So they're really trying to make them interchangeable. Yeah, it's actually one of the things I kind of liked about it because, oh, like, I didn't know that. If your player's like, you know, fuck the Underdark. Okay, well, let's go fight giants, and and it works more or less without a lot of effort because all these things are happening relatively. Well, that's what at the they said. Time. They said this level is one through four, like doesn't really even talk about giants. It has like nothing to do with anything. Right. And then the thing that they take seems like it would be very important. Keep and it never too, comes up. Like again. you shouldn't do this for your group, but you know it, it, it is often considered levels one through three are like the tutorial levels of fifth edition because you don't get your class until third level, right? Your real, your real and then class really kit. Fifth edition or fifth levels, like when you actually can actually play D and D, like. Well, it, it's it's really third. That's when you get. It's also when you stop making choices effectively, unless you're playing with feats. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like yeah, that, those are the big choices you make. Yep. And, and at a third level, you have your class kit. If you also look at the EXP table, like level only one through three is super fast. It's a couple hundred experience points. Yeah, they three say to four level up per, almost per session. Three to four is one of the worst levels in the game. It requires so much experience points to level. Mm. It's like thousands of experience points. And four to five is is not as bad. Interesting. Right? Well, the leveling isn't like linear in fifth edition. They want to keep you in a certain range. So, like you know, you know how Derek mentioned before, like you know, levels five through seven are the ones that he likes, or three through seven. Mm-hmm. Fifth edition tries to keep you in what's uh, been called in the past the sweet spot as long as possible. Hey, you're a competent adventurer, and you're fighting trolls and ogres and giants and lesser dragons, and this is awesome, right? And then once you get to about level ten or eleven the EXP chart gets way reduced. It will require less experience uh, effectively to get from like 12 to 13 than it did to get from 3 to 4 because they want you to fly through the end levels because that's the part of the game that sucks. That is so interesting. Yeah, look at the EXP table. It's all right there. It's all the math, wow. right? Anyways, so so all those parts are interchangeable, and you may not even have to play through 1 through 4, and it's also not heavy on the story because it can't because you might be joining the adventure past Act 1. So I guess my question is, am I overthinking it? Am I, I shouldn't even worry about it? You're a little it? overthinking it. Well, the second I, thing I would say is like, you know, have fun with it. Make it interesting if you want to make it interesting. Well, the other thing I was going to say is if, if the town isn't interesting, is that is that so bad? Like, isn't, isn't the thing that should be interesting like the adventure? Like, that is true. Like, if, like one of the mistakes I always see people say is like, well, I want the, you know, they're there. That's something I'm they're, overthinking They're there, they're there to yeah. adventure. Yeah. Right? Like, they're not going to go back there. Like, that's why adventurers don't, you know, you know, there's a, what is, what's the, uh, what's the saying? Um, you know, uh, ships are safe in the harbor, but that's not what we build ships for. Right. You know, and so it's good saying, you know, adventurers, oh, the town. Okay. But that's not what the town is for. Right. The town is supposed to be like, you re- you, reco- you return to Nightstone and spend a few days, re- you know, recovering your strength and recovering your supplies. If you need to buy anything, use your gold. There's some town folk in town and, you know, you can maybe personalize it, but generally speaking, 
You want them to get back right. to the, the exciting, exciting part. part okay. So it of, sounds like I'm. It sounds like I'm really just overthinking. Yeah, you it. Know. Well, okay. I think you're overthinking, but also I think it's a, some of that commentary online might be sort of tying into that um, critical role wannabe. Oh, right. Gotcha. Where, yeah. where where people like you look, you know, campaign three that they're doing. You know, the first seven sessions are just them like wandering around town and talking to people in town and you know not doing anything. You know, sounds awful. I, I say this a lot, but, you know, um, uh, you got to think of yourself as like a movie director and a movie editor. Yeah. Right. A movie director. Like, editor, about keeping pace. Keeping yeah. pace. Keep it moving. It, keeping moving. Keeping it excited. Going to cut. I always say that. And scene. You know, one of the things that, um, yeah, I guess, you, yeah. you know, one of the things that I really try to, you know, make a point on is what is this scene about? Uh, you know, and I know this is different. I know that there are people out there who really just want to like sit around and. LARP, basically. Okay. I think that is horrible. Unless literally that is what everyone there is for. Yeah. Okay. But whenever there is an interaction, whenever there is a scene in an, in a role playing game, I'm asking myself, what is at stake here? Is that I need information. They have it. Um, right. We need to find out more about the dungeon. What's the tension? What, what, what are we trying to do here? And we can play around with that. And then we, we get to the point where are we still making forward momentum? Everything should be leading towards a conclusion. And then when we get to that conclusion, boom, really wrap it up quick. Because now the tension's been resolved. Right. And the scene no longer serves a purpose. So like a good director or a good editor, right, when the thing happens, right, boom, you cut and you move on, right, to the next exciting thing. And again, this is where I said the DM has to wear many hats. And I think uh, knowing the rules is the least of them in a sense. Um, well, that's what's interesting is if your players like really are enjoying that, then I guess you're well, and that's where also you got to read the table, mm. right? And if you're in a situation where everybody is really engaged in a moment, then from an audience perspective, imagine if you were a director or an editor for a movie, and but you were like live doing it while watching the audience watch your movie, right? And there's a scene, and it's a quiet small the scene, bass scene, you know. There's a there's a quiet small scene between two characters, and you're thinking. This is just a brief moment to really reiterate what's at stake mm -hmm. and what they're fighting for. And build the character a little bit. And build bit. the character up a little bit, and then we're going to move on. But the audience is enraptured with the quality of oh, the acting. So drag and it out a bit. And you're sitting there like live editing. You're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw an extra five minutes. I, have, I, I shot the footage. I just cut it originally because I thought this would be boring. You know? I mean, that's why you get things like extended edition mm. movies. Right. Okay? I remember I went and saw extended edition Return of the King. It's like... Four hours long, right. okay? Holy. I don't I don't even watch normal Holy editions okay. anymore. But now when I watch Oh, really? Them, I uh, love oh, the extended. I don't watch the regular editions either. In fact, one of my favorite things ever You is, ready for this? I don't think I watch an extended edition of anything. Oh, man. Exactly. And, and, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's such a us. But, but I will say this. So I'll give you... When, when the Return of the King came out with the extended edition, I went... A movie theater in Shaker um, did a day where they showed... It, I know this, it started yeah. at noon. They showed extended edition fellowship. Oh, I think it did that. They had a thirty minute interlude. Then they showed extended edition two towers. And then there was a thirty minute interlude. And then they maybe forty five minutes so you could get dinner. And then they showed extended edition Return of the King. And that was it, the premiere of Return of the King, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was like eleven and a half hours. How many endings were in Return of the King extended edition? Because there was like seven. Uh, in the first. One. There's one ending. Yeah, whatever you say. It's where Sam says, "Well, I'm back," and that's the there only like ten that's the endings only in that ending. freaking movie. Well, yeah, because it's a freaking. Massive movie with multiple characters whose arcs all need to be resolved. And they did, okay, I'll ask this: Did they have the awesome scene in the book 
Where they he goes no. back. Scorching. That was actually cool. What Scor- scene? Do Scor- I don't even want to know? Scorching of the Shire. You read the book? Oh, I, 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 you know, I wanted to hope that that wasn't the scene. That I'm you sure were that's what he's talking about. about. Scour- are, you ta- are you talking about the Scourging of the Shire? When, uh, Where, he when, goes back. when they come back to the thing and mm-hmm. Sharky's there and yeah. Saruman and they've taken yeah. over the high of it. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. It serves a purpose. Because they level up and they got stronger and then they went back and they weren't Saruman's bitch. All right. I thought it was sweet, and it was something that was in the movie, so I kind of enjoyed something that was new. That is fair, but I, I, I'm I'm okay on the script. I'm okay with you enjoying it in the book. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen it. Some in people the, wanted to see it in the movie. I would have seen. I also it in the wanted movie. to see uh, Tom Babadil in the movie. Tom Babadil. And I'd be like, oh, jeez. Right. And so uh, uh, I'll, give you an example. I'll give you a great example of that. I love the books. I grew up on them. They were yep. a huge influence on me. I love the movies. When I watch the movies, there are scenes like Tom Babadil. Right. Which I am so glad, hey, so glad, are not in the movie, right? Because as much as I love it in the book, right, I think it is a horrible story decision. That is a perfect example of adaptations and knowing yeah. what your medium is. Do you, do you remember in a book? It's great. You, in a movie, it's do you remember? He's the brown, the Tom, green? Tom, no. but Tom Bombadil is. Yeah, he's that gr- brown wizard or no, something. No, 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 no. no, that's Radagast. No. Yeah, Radagast is a brown. The wizard. guy that they meet like in their, when they're first venturing off. Yes, that's Tom. Yes, yes that's, he's not a wizard. Right. Oh, he, I thought he had some kind of special force power. He's gone. He. he, he what, Tolkien has said he's not Iruluvatar. He basically says Tom Bombadil basically represents like the spirit of nature. That's what I thought. It was like spirit of the forest. Yeah, spirit right, of the forest. He's pagan god. Okay. The reason why that's horrible is because um, we're going off on a tangent here, but, oh, yeah. but they basically set the entire stage of the first act of the, the book going, this is the one ring. It, uh, it is, is ultimate evil. And Gandalf, take it. I can't take it. Right. I would be corrupted instantaneously. And through me, it would wield a power dark and evil. Frodo, like, we need to take this to the elves because they're the only ones who can deal with it, and then we have to decide what to do with it. But by the way, this is going to be really dangerous. The, the ring race are after you. Right, and if, you've read, if you're reading Lord of the Rings, you've probably read The Hobbit, and you know Gandalf is a badass. Right. So for mm-hmm. Gandalf in the opening scene, they'd be like, I cannot. Right. You're and, like, Whoa. And then the first thing that they do is they leave. They get attacked by the Barrow Whites. Tom Bombadil shows up, instantly owns them. And then they go in there, and then and then he's like, "Oh, Frodo, you dropped this ring." And Frodo's like, "You don't want it." He's like, "Nah, I don't care about that. I'm totally immune to its effects. It's not a big deal to me." So the first thing that they've done is <laughs> basically sabotage Tolkien has sabotaged his premise. Yeah, why did you just take it to the thing <laughs> that, that the One Ring was dangerous? They actually talk about this at the council. Yeah, he, they said he wouldn't. He wouldn't care. He'd forget. Yeah. yeah, he'd forget or something like that. They did. They do bring up an interesting character. Yeah. So my point is. It's whatever it it is what it is in the book, right? But from a storytelling decision, horrible. Now going back to the extended editions, I love them because I am a super nerd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they did a better job making a better movie by cutting out a lot of the things that they did cut out. That's fair. You didn't need it. You know, you just didn't need it. There yeah. are scenes that are in the extended edition. There are things that get. There are things that got filmed that we never even saw. Do you know that in there in the it's there's it got filmed? Mm-hmm. Do you know that? When the elves come to to, uh, to Helm's Deep, mm-hmm. you know, you know who comes with them? Arwen, Liv Tyler. There are scenes of her fighting. They filmed it of her fighting Urukai at Helm's Deep. Why wasn't she? I'm trying to think. Well, in, in the story, well, in the story, she's not involved at all. But you know, I'm just saying, like, you know, well, it, also in the book, right? That. Elves don't come healthy. Well, I know. Steep at I, all. Know. I know it's not there. I'm just. Try, I'm trying to remember <laughs> yeah, what the that, movie that me off. plot line there the was book. because we used to make fun of um, Aragorn having mind elf sex right. as he was dying. Right. 
Well, yes. Because the Borgs whooped his ass. Which is also not in the book. Correct. But my point is, they filmed that, and they thought at some point they said, you know what, this isn't good for the story. Yeah. And they cut it, and they were right. Um, and But another example, kind of cool CR but another example is, in the book, the elves don't come to Helm's Deep. Right. But in the movie, they do. And I like that. Yeah. Because I think it shows that the elves haven't completely given up. Right. Right. And that, you know, people aren't entirely on their own. So, again, unfortunately, they put the elves in the front line and they all get slaughtered. Yeah, that was not such a tragedy. That was not smart. But my point is, there are decisions that people make in movies in order to make the movie better. And even though I might want to see it, I'm a special person that that really wants to go deep on it, I'll watch. Well, and this is, you know, the same reason why the early uh, episodes of Wheel of Time, I didn't have as big of an issue as a lot of people did. Because Wheel of Time is a very difficult book to adapt. Now, by the end, I was kind of like, oh, you know, and I get it. I got it. I mean, you, but the problem the with main that actor, is... The main actor, one of the main actors quit. So Even so. But like, even for like Game of Thrones, my wife doesn't read the books. Right. You know, so, uh, and I haven't read them either. I've only read like one or two. Game of Thrones grabbed you in and yeah. really pulled you in. And Wheel of Time, she was like uninterested. And I'm like, uh, I read the books. Right. I should be interested uh, in this. And I'm not even interested uh, in uh, this. That is actually one of my complaints right. with the Wheel of Time is I thought that the, uh, you know, it's been like this, it's a cold opening. I thought the initial cold opening of Wheel of Time, the prologue, prologue in the books was phenomenal. Oh, and, yeah. And they should have kept that. Sure. So that's what, well, so you haven't read Mistborn yet, but. I have not. The, I really the, the slowness of the of, in my opinion, of the opening of that. Well, sometimes we call that a build up, but yeah. and that's I, I don't what it is. That in the but in Wheel of Time, it's like, whoa, bam! Right, oh, right. This is basically what you need to know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, Jordan's oh, openings and climaxes are some of my favorite just right. literature. He, of all he time. gets a little slow in the middle. I will admit, the, well, middle, the middle is kind of rough. I have book five coming up next, yeah. so ah, uh, the fires of heaven. So it's gonna be a fires of heaven gets a bad rap. It the content is good. The pacing can throw you off. Well, I'm gonna go from Rick Riordan to to back from to probably him, and Bruce. then I I might go to so, Miss, so, Mistborn number two. All right, here's the good news. Not to spoil too much, because but you know, fires of heaven. It starts off pretty lit. Good, yeah, good, true. I like, like that kind. Do you remember? Of, I like do you game. remember how the fourth one ended? I'm gonna have to recap actually. So Rand's got his army now. Yes, and he's gonna use it pretty instantaneously. Yes, and it's fun. It's awesome. Yeah, he's basically like, yeah, I am the one. I'm yeah. The... So, um, I, I, I just but, a little minor spoiler. Like, you're gonna pre- a couple chapters in, Rand's on top of a uh, of a siege tower, just like lobbing fire. I got excited, knocked off my headphones. <laughs> just lobbing fireballs into like hordes oh, yeah. of dudes. This is know? my kind of book. And like, you know, the, the other women, they're really powerful, so they're up there like, you know, chain lightning. I but... wonder if I get grogged on also knowing that there's like 14 books for Wheel of Time, like. And Mistborn, there's three, lot. I think. Yeah, yeah, but he hasn't finished it yet. Wait, no, I thought... The th- I don't think Sanderson finished the series yet. I thought Mistborn was done. I think he has a world that he writes in or something. The, I don't know. I don't know. That's the nice thing about Will Time. It it does end. It's over. I do agree with that, but yeah. 14 books is 14 books. That's so, honestly one of the reasons I haven't gotten into Sanderson as much, because I'm like, well... You know. Well, now I'm seeing all this great stuff that Derek posts about Sanderson, and I'm like... Well, he's a phenomenal author. Well, not even that. He seems like he's a good human. Oh, yeah. Not but, to mention BD, BDE over right. there. Oh, I mean, that dude, right, so, he has, it's so, right, so girthy. The, I'm just talking about, like, he just, he's, like, donating back. He, like, fund all those damn Kickstarters. I'm like. Right. Well, people accused him. Well, they didn't accuse him, but they said, hey, man, you know, save some money for the rest of us. And, you know, because he's like, you're already a super successful author. You don't need to be going on to Kickstarter. But I want to get back to oh, what gosh, you're saying. Sorry. As a DM, you need to be aware of editing and pacing, and you need to decide, is this a moment, like, 
How do you, how do in you, fact, in fact, in is fact, he just um, reading the room though? In fact, in fact, uh, the dungeon world. Oh boy. There is a, because it's very hackable. People can make their own rules very easily. Instead for of it. a podcast, should we just do audio play of Dungeon World? <laughs> um, next, next time. There, there's somebody, there's somebody that, um, somebody created their own version of it and they put a move in the game. Uh, and, and I can't remember exactly call it what the name of the move is. Uh, it's basically called like wrap it up. And it goes basically, it's like, it's basically, it's like, basically, it's like when the combat is, is one. Is that a GM move? When the combat is one. No, it's like a player move. Okay. It's like, it's like, when the when the combat seems to be basically, it's like because if, if the if the players say yeah, we'll just wrap it up, you know, the GM's like okay, that trigger that move, and basically it's like if the fight's pretty much won, but it's not over yet, you can just trigger this move and we just go. And there's a couple of maybe consequences. Who determines that? The player, not the GM. What well, if the GM goes yeah? You well, the GM know, decides the move is, is valid. The, the, or not. The, the players say what they're doing, and the, the GM decides if the move so is valid. Remember, or not. So players can't might... describe them. Players can't say I use this move. Players cannot use a move. In so Dungeon they World. might think they're wrapping it up, and yeah. you might throw a gotcha at them, and sure. like F, yeah. F you. And so right. the way the players would invoke this would be like, all right, all right, the ogre's down. We got a couple of goblins left. Yeah. You know, Derek, we're gonna move off and finish these guys. I'll off. give you a great example of this. Aaron does this even in a game like Pathfinder Two, where this doesn't actually exist. Literally did this last night. Okay. Do you remember? Well, you've done it twice. Last time we played, there was a group of ogres, okay, and I cast calm emotions. Yes. And two of them critically failed. Yep. And so not only were they incapable of attacking us, yep, but we could attack them, and they could not, and they could us. not take hostile actions Correct. against us. And then the other two, uh, the one they just failed, failed, yeah, and so he couldn't take hostile actions. And then there was one of four that was available to fight, and yep. even then he was minus one. Yep. And Aaron was, you know, you do the math and you go, okay, so three of the ogres are not going to do anything, basically. We can just kill the one. Then we could target the one that, uh, now at our leisure, make sure we're all healed up and we're good, surround him, kill him. And then the other two literally can't fight back. And Aaron went, all right, are you guys good? Okay. And then just took the ogres off the battlefield. Yeah, once, once we got through the first one, I think. Maybe not. I don't even know if we. I did thought that. we. I thought we attacked that first. Maybe one. we did attack yeah. the first. I, I think then, we finished the first okay. round. Of, yeah, we, we fought the first yeah. round. The ogre went down, and we and had, then he and was we like, went, "Yeah, the went, rest of this and is... the rest went down." Yeah. Okay. We fought that. Yeah. Let we, me raise some resources. We fought and... a blue dragon, and you cast slow critically. This was the boss, and this was the boss of the dungeon. The, the session. You cast slow. It critically failed. Not one. Slow two. I have been praised about doing this wrap it up thing when yeah. I when I saw the I did this in my. Uh, 5e one shot converted to pf2 uh they these gob these kobolds were just getting ransacked because you use goblin warriors well that's right i use kobolds and uh, they were just getting good on suck. you well, they, so they're getting ransacked and uh they don't even have a plus eight they just kept getting more and more and more of them they just kept triggering more and more of them and i'm like at first it was like okay you guys are battling them then it was like another four show up because they just kept opening these tents i was like okay no one's actually no one's actually getting hurt or dying here you just you're just owning them so i'm like all right uh, there was like six left. I'm like, you, you eventually take care of them. Yep. That's and they that. and Stephen was like, that was a great move. That was wrapping it up. Yep. 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 And that's because that was you making a pacing decision. Right. Correct. Good editing. Right? right. Because there's even a moment, right, when you reach a climax. Okay. You can't kill it at the climax. Right. You, the players need an opportunity to savor their victory. Right. If the ring fell into Mount Doom and then it blew up. And the you know Sauron's table tower got destroyed. It cuts the sand. And then it, well, and, I'm here. And then like you know, and then Pippa went <laughs> back. Frodo. And then the credits rolled. You'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa! Come on, let me. This is the Soprano let, stuff. Let me save. Well, no, but that that didn't end on a victory. That ended no, on it him ended walking. Black. That ended on, no, that ended on him walking into a restaurant. Yes. I'm saying you need to let people savor their victory. So if there's a big fight 
and they finally mm. take out the ogre and there's a bunch of little things running around, don't just say, and, and you win. No, like give them that round to kind of kick ass and that's fun. And then you're like, okay, well, if we were going to do this for three more rounds where there's no tension, there's no uncertainty. Okay, that's not, that's not fun. So you let them kick ass and then after, every, after it's very clear to everybody, oh, okay, that was fun. We're kicking ass. We're not taking any damage. They're just dying instantaneously. It now should be in everyone's mind, oh, okay, I get why we're wrapping this because yeah, this yeah, is yeah, a joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Then, and then instead of playing out another three rounds of combat, which even, quote, unquote, in a joke fight might yeah, still take still 30, 30, minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah, but is that all? I mean, how do you do that with uh, non-combat? And you do it anything, everything, anything. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yep. Oh, we did this all the time in L5R, right? The scene would have its moment. You know, we be done, we wrap it up, move on. So I, I don't have much experience with that. Right. Like, I can, I think, and I can, you'll learn. I can feel when, yeah. a, when a fight is well, happening, but how do you feel a, a scene? A lot of this, you just got to play to do it. You yeah. just got to learn it. Because again, you got to ask yourself, what is this scene for? Mm -hmm. What are they trying to do out of this? What are they getting out of this? And if, if you get to a point, um, fiasco, the sort of labeled as a role-playing game, but really it's more of a storytelling game, mm -hmm. has a really great section on this when you're playing the game because it is all just role-playing. And they said one of the things that you need to do is like, what is at stake in the scene? And then once it's decided in that game, they literally go like, and scene. Right. You know, because like, all right, the, the, the point of the scene is I'm going to try to get, I'm going to try to get Aaron to join me on, um, on robbing the convenience store so that I could get money so that I could buy enough guns to rob the bank. More guns. Right? And so it's like, okay, so what's at stake here? Well, I want Aaron to help me ro uh, rob the, the convenience store. That's what's at stake. So we're going back and forth, and I'm trying to convince him, and he's being a little uncertain, and I'm trying to reassure him why it's going to be yeah, fine. Those guys have shotguns behind okay? the counter. And then Aaron goes, all right, I'll do it. At that point, Scene's over. the scene basically should wrap up in the next like five to ten seconds because I'm going to go, because in a movie, he'd be like, all right, I'll do it. And I'll be like, all right, we're in this together then. Yeah. And it's, it's like, funny to think about It's, like, it's like in a movie. It's, it's like, like, like a, you have time for like a one or two liner. It's like in a movie, right? Remember when Iron Man dies at the end of Endgame mm -hmm. and you see all the Avengers standing there watching him, right? And then what does it do? Fades to black. Right? Yep. But in reality, like they're like, oh, there's an awkward moment. And you're like, I don't know. Okay, what do we do here? Uh, are we done? Are we going home? Like, you know, like there's that awkward moment where everybody has to like pick up their stuff and drag Iron Man off the battlefield. They don't show all that. No, because go to the funeral. we just go to the funeral because that's the next scene, right? We've had the moment. Right. There's that, you get, Iron Man died and it didn't go cut the funeral. No, you had that moment to let it breathe. Yeah, a little bit grief setting You know, in. to like to see the shock and the awe of everybody. Wow, the scope of it. They're all in, you know. Uh, and there's an extended cut, which I, I've seen the, the footage of, where the, the Avengers all start like, taking a knee and it like the camera pulls back and you see all the you know, 57 of them or whatever yeah. there. And they're all like taking a knee. And then you know why they cut that? You don't need that. That's what the funeral's for. Mm -hmm. It's just extraneous. They cut it, show the moment, let it breathe and then move on. And it's the same thing with anything. Once you've established, what was the scene about? Okay. It, we did. We did. We resolve that. Okay. What are we doing at this point? Because now at this point it's like, mm -hmm. and then cause it, cause in the scene it's like, all right, well, are you in? You are be, you, you, are you in or are you out? And Aaron goes, all right, I'm with you. Ride or die. And I go, great. 
little, and then I go, and then it's like, it takes and a lot of like, self awareness. So you get some nachos. Yeah, so it's like, uh, well, what do you, have you eaten yet? Yeah, how about no. that game last night? Yeah, how about the game? How's your wife doing? You know, like at that point, what are we doing? It's self awareness, is what I'm hearing. It's, well, you need to be self aware, and then you need to be table aware, right. table, table aware, aware, and self aware of how long you are letting this go on. Right. Right. So think of it like this, right? You know, you uh, you're pretty you're pretty care- careful with money, right? Uh, yeah, I would say so. And you uh, mm-hmm. you've heard the phrase "time is money." Ah, uh, yes, I know. Time that. is a currency in your D and D game. Very true. Very true. In, uh, in Northern Reaches, you know, mm. we we give you that block of time, right? So you're spending that currency, yep. right? So you're in a scene, and there's things you want to do. And, and to Derek's earlier point about keeping the game interesting, you want to spend that currency for interest. Yep. Right? I always say it's gambling with time. You're gambling with time. So you're looking around the, the table. If people are having fun, they're interested, you know, and the story's moving forward. That's good conversion on your time. Right, but if you've done the thing that you wanted to accomplish in this scene, the fight is won. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done the character development. They've learned the information. Whatever it is, now right? you're just wasting money. Now you're wasting money, right? Yeah. So think about it like that, right? And then your job is to go, okay, done, and you move on into the blah 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 blah. blah. The next important right. thing or something. No. You, you get good with practice, yeah. right? And that's what I'm, I'm learning. So I have my game coming up, and I'm I'm learning about that, and I'm hoping all of this is going to help me develop into a, a better GM. DM and a better player. Yeah, I, I, you know, one of the best things I can say is is just play. Yep. Practice play, play a lot, right? You know, I, I, well, I've had well, a lot. But, but do it mindfully. Well, of course. But you should do everything mindfully. But a lot of people don't. Okay, well, that's just general life. Right, like my, well, no, yeah, but like when I do something, I am going, I am going into this with this idea of I want to pay attention and I want to be better. I want to get better. Yeah. You should, you should do that for anything that you do. I promise you that there not are just many, GMing. People, many people do not. But <laughs> let's assume that that's what you do. And if not, do what Derek just said. Okay, regardless of what you're doing. You know, the life advice now. Right. Yeah, that's life advice. Right. You Whatever could, you do, be mindful of it. Right. Right. Including like food, right? You, Tony Robbins now. Best way to, 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 to manage your food, like when people are trying to, to watch what they eat, uh, what happens is people overeat. Why? They're not being mindful of the meal. Right. Just tracking oftentimes is enough for people to just eat slowly, taste oh, the food, sure. savor it, right? Your stomach needs time to process the food to tell your brain that it's full. If you just swallow it down like a dog, you're going to keep being hungry because your brain hasn't been unless, notified it's filled up yet. Unless you're time to get swole. It's bulking season. Well, that's different. And you're still being <laughs> mindful there. That's very true. Because you, you have an intent. You have a goal. You have a purpose. Fair right. enough. And, and, Fair that's, enough. and that's my point. Is right. It, but aside from that, you know, the reason I'm bringing this up specifically is I have a lot of people who go, oh, I don't know if I want to GM or not in the Northern Reaches, or I kind of want to play first and see if I can get in, or I don't know if I can make the commitment, or I'm not good enough. You get better by playing. Right. And this is a great time. To play, to learn the game as a player, or to learn a game as a, uh, a game master, do both. Yep. Okay, there's there's no commitment. The only thing we ask is if you post a game, try to honor the game. Life happens, and that's okay. Just tell your players that oh, I can't. I have to cancel this on the game. Sorry, something happened. My kid got sick. But like, if you if you GM one game in the season, that's fine. That's yeah. great. I mean, I'm and thank you for by the way. GM season two Bob versus GM season one Bob. Sure, but like my, the, the growth development I'm hoping to. Yeah. I want to encourage people to get in there and try because that's how you do it. That's, Absolutely, that's how you get better. That's how you get over the anxiety, you know. And by the way, you know the bar so low. Listen, you know Bob. Bob, here's the thing. I, I mean this without any disrespect whatsoever. Oh, here comes the disrespect. You got a tomb and it's filled with undead. Okay, Maybe. that's never happened before, right? <laughs> but no, no, it's 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 dare I say a trope, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun because when I play D and want to go to tombs filled with undead. Yep, 
right? Uh, if someone's got a goblin camp, I'd want to go there, right? Oh, a cave and there's a dragon in it? Oh, yeah. You know how many times I've done that? Doesn't matter. Doesn't get old, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Guys, the bar is low. You don't need to be Matt Mercer. In fact, I'd prefer if you were not. Uh, I mean, I love Matt Mercer, but like, Maybe if you don't his run hair. his games. If you have his hair, you know, <laughs> post pictures, you know, inspiring photography. But, um, you know, just, just, just stay with the basics, right? Yeah. Get comfortable. Do what feels good. Do it. You don't have to invent the yeah. next Brandon Sanderson See, I, I, epic. I, I, I overthink a lot, and then I sort of realize I just got to keep playing. Back. I got to keep back. playing. Just keep playing. Tone it back. Yeah. That's yeah. why. That's why I was like, hey guys, my group, I'm like, can we just play something? Because I just want to keep learning the skill. If not, I'm, if not, I'm just going to be a player, and I'm never going to learn I'm telling you, your adventure is going to be great, and your players are going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. Probably because we'll be drunk and eating pizza. That's part of it. <laughs> but it's good. It's a no, good setup. It. Correct. It's a good setup. I, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be fun. Um, I think every time I get to play, I'm going to learn yeah. one more step about being a better GM. And eventually, you're always going to learn. And yeah. then, by the way, going back to the point maybe of mindfulness. I'll, maybe I'll run a game for you guys one time in, in the future. More life advice. You should never stop learning. Uh, that's that's actually really good. Like, it's not like Derek's <laughs> like I've learned all there is to know about GMing. Oh no, I'm definitely. What do they say? The more you learn, every... the more you realize you don't know. That's yeah. that's the sign yeah. of someone who's yep. who's on a good path. Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's the the other thing is the expert beginner, the the person who thinks they've learned enough to think that they know everything. At that moment, they stop learning. They have blocked themselves because they go, oh, I know all there is to know. What is there left for me to know? Everything. Yep. You, you, yeah, you always want to be the humble, I know nothing. Yep. Always be ready to have your mind changed. Always be ready to be like, oh, am I wrong? I assume I'm wrong. Tell me how I'm wrong. I want to learn. I want to get better, right? Yeah. Really? You want to be the dumbest person in the room. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, because uh, That's good because I feel like that's how I am in this room. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing, and, and, and I think the last thing that I'll say about this, though, is you also, there is, there is the understanding of style. Right and tone, there are fantastic GMs running fantastic games that would be horrifying for me because I don't like their stone, their style or their tone. Interesting, right? They want to run a game with a certain style or tone that isn't the type of game that I want to run. I'll give you a great example of this: Legend of the Five Rings. I want to play a Legend of the Five Rings game that is very serious to a certain extent. I want to lean into the uh, uh, some of the more challenging or difficult topics in the in the game. I want to really weigh on the character's conscience, like Bushido, their their duty to Bushido and their lord versus their own personal desires. The conflict between those. I want that's what I'm interested in seeing. And so the tone of the game that I'm setting is that. There are other people who might play Legend of the Five Rings and they do it really really well, but they are interested in something very different from that. Okay, they might be interested in seeing the samurai be these like noble elites who, you know, um, are, are sort of unchallenged in their in their quest for perfection. I dare I say a little bit more anime-esque. Mm. They want to level up. Right. Um, Get stronger. Right. There's not really levels in that game. But like my point is, is like I could sit down at a game, which I love and they, and they could be a great GM. But I would go this. This isn't the game I kind of want to run or, or, or be a part of. Um, and so. When you're with a group of players as a GM, part of it is understanding because one of the biggest problems is when you get to a point and you go, what is going wrong with my game? And you realize you're like, it's that what we're not meshing. We're not. Yeah, we're all doing fine. But what we're doing is different, you know, Um, and we want different things out of this game. And it is impossible for me to 
give everyone what they want. Yep. Yeah. And if we're not all on the same, we don't have to be in the same page, but we need to be in the same chapter. Well, that's why session zero is really important because you really need to lay out, this is the game I want to run. But there's so many people who make the mistake of going, this isn't what I want, but a bad game is better than no game, and I'd rather play than not play, and so I'm going to say, sure. It ain't sure. pizza. So I'm going to say, sure. And a lot of people end up playing in or running games that they shouldn't be. But the problem is they go, uh, what other choice do I have? Not playing. The only other choice. You're not doing is, anyone any favors. Uh, but a lot of people make that decision, anyways. You know. I mean, and listen, I, I think it's okay to try to expand your horizons. Oh, 100 percent. Right? I'm not you saying know? don't do, don't try that. But if you come to the realization that, like, you know what? Rather than me try to force this, everyone else is buying into this, and me going, this isn't my style of game. Yeah. Um, I, 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 it's you're actually a fan. You might be a better GM than I am. You're just running your game differently yeah, than you're me. Yeah, different GM. I mean, I'll give you a great example of this. Critical Role. Right? Arguably the world's most famous role-playing group, okay? Certainly the best group with the best hair. I would hate to be a player at that table. I would hate it. I don't even know if I could survive because I don't even know how to describe things. And, and, I, and you know me. I can. There definitely yeah. would be a little bit of like, well, I'm not a professional voice actor. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to cut it here. I'm not even saying that. I'm just talking about like when the second hour comes around and we haven't like gotten to it and we're not rolling dice, not just combat. We're just not rolling dice. Mm -hmm. And if we are rolling dice, it's for things that don't matter and I'm not interested in. I'm going to be like, your game is un unedited and unpaced. And that's not the kind of game I want to be a part of. I mean, there's a certain lack of patience I have in general. I think you see that when you DM for me. Yeah, I'm Of course, 100%. I'm always like... Well, let's move. Let's move along. Let's get let's get to the dungeon. Let's go, let's go to the dungeon. Okay, what are we doing here? Let's go to the next thing, right? Yeah. I'm always trying to push the pace forward because I'm like, let's hey, go. George yeah. or Bob are like, well, we want to search the furniture. You know, I want to search the furniture. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and, I, and sometimes I, I go, knew we were limited on time, but I was right. like, there's furniture to search. Well, it, yeah, like well, you, guys, you guys skipped back. Uh, you skipped uh, rooms that you knew had good stuff in it because you guys like, all right, nah, well, no, but we almost didn't do it, you know, because there was like, I was like, guys, can we just go? And they're like, well, why don't we just open the door? I'm like, and they're like, and then someone, I think George said, like, this will only take thirty seconds, and I'm like, rolling my eyes because I'm like, it's not going to take thirty seconds. Well, we got the one yeah, door, and it didn't. And you open the door, and then there was a stuck, and then there was another hallway with another door, and you're like, okay, well. All right, well, I'll just run down there and I'll just check that door really quick. And then, like, it starts. Well, Derek understands temptation and how oh, it works. Oh, no. I, the whole time I was sitting there going, like, laughing to myself, I'm like, you guys think that you have this kind of strength <laughs> or control? I was like, you can't help yourself. You cannot help yourself. Well, when we went down into the freaking pit to this find This is home. how I, 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 I GM, right? So, so he's sticking two markers together. This is called the audio, Golden Path. It's an old audio podcast, Aaron. Audio podcast. I got big, I got big markers and I got small markers. The big markers are the golden path, yes. right? So, so you come in, line. and you're going to go here, because the objective is to get here and kill the bad guy. Mm -hmm. You know this. Every time you go into a dungeon, you're here to go kill the boss in this adventure, right? And then I got the small markers, and the small markers are going to go over here. They're going to go off. And these are your tangents. Yeah, see? And the thing is, is the good stuff is in the tangents. So the tension is you want to get here. And if you don't get here and you don't do this, you fail. Oh, it's so good over here. It's real good. You want what's over here, but going over here just makes everything harder. Yeah, but, right? I, also, yeah, but I also feel like there's an element amongst other players that we play with, that I play with. Um, Bob, you certainly fall into this. Tim uh, falls into this. Our, our friend George falls into this, um, for sure. Where I will happily play a video game 
<laughs> you don't even look at the side. You're just like. And I will like I played one video game, a, a Final Fantasy game where I played it and then um, I uh, got an item that let you equip and then you don't have to fight monsters anymore. Yeah. And then I equipped it and I left it on for the rest of the game. And I just walked through everything and got to the end as, as quickly as possible. Okay. Moogle Charm from Final Fantasy 3 or 6. Um, you could also do this with Diablos and Final Fantasy 8. Right. When I play Diablo, it, solo, solo, I don't break every pot. I don't explore every level of the dungeon. I don't open every chest. I, I just want to play any I'm video game wrong. with you. If I, see like a, if I see a chest over there, I'll go get it. But like, I'm not, if I find the steps down to the next level, it just goes down. I just go down. Means. I'm, Bob, I'm 50-50. Bob's looking at you Sometimes the way we look at Bob. Sometimes I go down. I don't. I Sometimes don't. I get a little bit in the couple I don't, rooms. I don't need to explore everything. I don't need to find every nook and cranny. I don't need every bit of gold. I don't need I don't that. need every magical. I don't need to know. Yeah, but when Aaron I, says there's gold sitting in the bottom of a pit and I could see it, I'm going to like get it. And what happened? It. What happened? That was good gold. Yeah, and you got cut up. <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah. No, and that's fine. I'm not, Again, I'm like saying, like, I'm okay with that. But what I'm also saying is, like, if we went into a dungeon and Aaron said, there are like six or seven secret discoveries, you know, in in this in I this want, dungeon. Half. Right? I'm okay if we don't get six or seven. You know, I'm, I'm okay if I we get like one 50%. or two. If we get one or two and then we did the thing, I'm happy. I don't need it. You, you know? guys had a great haul last night. So yeah. you guys no, we did. Definitely should I, I'm just saying there's, there's some people who have this very strong completionist aspect. You sure. Know? Um, there were even people when we, when I ran my Rise of the Rune Lords AP. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And very early on, I began cutting encounters. Because oh. I, what was that flesh golem at? Because they were extraneous, <laughs> and I don't think they served any purpose. Right. And That's good editing. And then people were like, in the comments, like, I can't believe you cut this encounter. I can't believe you cut this encounter. I want to see them fight every single thing that is in that it's book. Awful. Right. And I'm like, whoa, that is horrifying because um, I don't care about those. And I do think they are interesting and I don't think we need to do it. They're also clearly padding because, you know, that edition didn't have the milestone experience mechanics. Yeah, so need like, to get you, you, you have to level. Yeah, right. You got to fight something. But it also just highlights to the point. We talked about this on the night school where we just said, like, if you're just relying strictly and solely on combat to level up, it's going to be quite a grind. And, yep. Yeah. And especially in Pathfinder 2, where the fights have slowed down considerably. Yep. It does take the in third edition. And how long was Ogre fight last night? It was a modern encounter. Ogre you guys had cool. zero. It was threat. much quicker. Was it? I still no, thought it was I, at least 45 I, minutes. I thought it was at least 45 minutes. We did the ogre fight, we did the headless horseman, we did the stone giant, and then we did the dragon. Dragon took five seconds. The stone giant took the longest, I thought. Yeah, probably. Or just felt long. The headless horseman, <laughs> I think we were doing pretty good work on it with those magic missiles. It, but, I'm <laughs> saying, but I guess my point is, is like it was reasonable that in third edition or Pathfinder 1, you, you could get at lower levels. At higher levels, things did slow of course, down. Yeah. But at lower levels, you could probably get through a fight in 20, 20, 20, yeah, 20, 20 35, 40 minutes. PF2 is a little long. PF2 definitely is like add tw plus 20 minutes to Yeah, that. fourth edition slowed down a lot. PF2 yeah. is about the same. Right, and so When I'm building the dungeon, I do an hour per encounter. That's just what you base. That's, re that's reasonable. That is reasonable. Now, can you go faster? Yes. Can yeah. I go longer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like you just say, how many fights do I have? Well, I'm playing for four hours. There's three fights. Ugh, that's going to be at least three hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be really interesting because, um, you know, uh, you know, as we start moving here into the wrap up, it's like uh, the next time. We oh, do are you making that move? Uh, yeah, you, I'm don't don't call it out. You better, um, you better lean into a transition properly. Well, no, but the wrap up is a real thing in podcast. <laughs> um, as we move into the wrap up, is the next time we record this, you will have a couple of sessions of Five E uh, DM'd on yes. your belt. You will have uh, at least a couple Pathfinder Two no, Northern Reaches. Again, Bob, One most experienced person in the group. That's true. You're going to be running two games. I am currently running zero. So, 
That, well, I think the, I'm the, trying to get you to run one, but if you don't run, I'm going to have to run it. So, and for me, it's just a question of time. Yeah, you get very busy in that single life. Uh, well, I'm very busy when I'm doing four or five live streams a week. That's wow. for sure. Yeah, they're they're probably going to need some give and take in the future. Um, and, and there's the, not going to be an emergency announcement every week. Yes, we we hope we hope. Yeah. Um, and that's on top of trying to produce more content in general for the yep, channel. Yep. Actually, we got a very busy month. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that's, and then that's assuming I don't do anything for Northern Reaches, which I probably will do something for Northern Reaches. Sure. And that's also assuming that this, you know, content distribution doesn't also take a, a lot of my time. Which we need to start doing like right now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think not, not Northern Reaches is getting out the door. Yeah, right. So time it's to like, yeah, content. okay, now time to do content, especially right. now that we have an LLC. Get yep. some so, sleep and uh, next day we start. All right. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty busy, but I mean, obviously I love playing and I, I, I haven't really GM'd since, um, since the rise of the rune Lords, uh, final episode. That's right. And, um, you know, our, my L5R game has kind of been on pause while not only were people sick and traveling and I was on, I was in Vegas, but we've been focusing on this dark, uh, dark winter campaign just to get some more PF2 reps and to play test it a little bit more. Um, so my L5R game has been sort of su suspended. My 5e game kind of imploded and my Pathfinder 2 game ended um and so i haven't decided yet what i want to play you know i i'm for me you ever see people this is me like when i go to a <laughs> when i go to a buffet and like you could have anything mm -hmm. it's all free more or less yeah you, you pay to be you in pay there. for an entry and you could get something and then if you don't like it you could just throw it away get and get else. something else or if you really liked it you could get it get again more of it, yeah but there's i'm like i hesitate because i'm like but what do I really want? Oh, I just filled my plate up with everything. <laughs> and then I bring it to the table. I, I, I'm kind of Bob on this oh, one. Oh, I, I know. I know. <laughs> I appreciate good sizzlers. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm just like, man, I could get the chicken, but I could also get the, the stir fry. You I know, get, them get a little bit of all of it. Right. The only thing I don't do is to get the dessert. You know, okay. I'll wait for that. Wait for the dessert. Yeah. Okay. I'm so, with Bob on this. Okay. And <laughs> so that's like how I feel right now because I'm like, well, you know, my 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 games are kind of in, in flux. I have an, an incredible Patreon that's that's willing to support me. And I have a, I have a pretty robust friend group uh, who, you know, likes to play a variety of different games and is curious in them. Um, and I'm like, so I could play anything. I think you right? should pick something and crazy. I'm like, right. But then I'm like, but then I'm like, but then if I pick it. That's like me not picking something else. Oh, jeez. You can always uh, go back later. I, but not I, only can I you know. go back later, that's, that's that right. dinner. Cannon does three you session go, tests. Man, Bob, Sizzlers was amazing last night. You want to go again tonight? I know it's a little decadent, but why not? Why not? We that live might, in America. We do whatever you, we want. If, How much does it cost? If, don't worry about Pop. <laughs> my treat. My treat. Sold. That, 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 that reminds me. Have you, have you, get, have you ever been to um, like a Foga de Chao? I don't know what you just said to me. A Foga de Chao. I have not heard of that before. No. Um, um, what's the one downtown? A Brasa? No. Are we talking about like a, a Brazilian steakhouse? Brazilian oh, steakhouse. Oh, I love those. Have you ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? I don't okay, know what okay, it is. we're going. Is this one of the, the tread or the conveyor belts? No. Can you cancel your party tonight? <laughs> I have to take care of my six. There's son. one uh, on on Sugar right. Road, Eaton. It's amazing. Which one is it? Uh, it's it's an Eaton. It's not like a Mongolian barbecue. No. Okay. No. So so the way it works is you have a little card. It's like green or red. Yeah. It's like an X card. It's an X card for for RPGs. When right. it's green, they come by and it's with meat meat on, meat on swords. Yeah. And they just give you meat as long as your card is green. And when you need time to eat or you're full, you flip it to red, and they stop coming by. But when you're ready for more, you flip it back to green. And they just are walking by. Like They go into the back. Right. And like, okay, a prime rib. Platters of food. A prime, prime rib, a strip steak, an entire roast, an entire right. pig. And it's on a skewer. I, I, I had uh, uh, this one was like like steak wrapped in bacon. It was <laughs> okay. And then if your card you is pay green, once? you pay once. You pay once. Oh, I like that. Okay. Right. And when you're so if it's green, I can eat a lot. Okay. It's and amazing. If it, and if it's green, they don't even ask. That's you saying yes. 
And they will come by and they'll throw the sword down. And they go, how much? And they just start cutting you prime rib. Right, or until you flip it. And then it went, your plate might be overloaded with meats. And you flip it to red. But then you see the guy come out with the bacon wrap filet and you go, ah, fuck, you, know, you flip it back over. <laughs> yeah. You know, I bring it, bring it, bring it. But then, and then you flip it to red. And then you eat, you know, 25, maybe, and flip it to green. And then you eat more. And then in the middle, they have like veggies and like antipasta and yeah. everything else. But the, that's more of like a that's a buffet style? That's buffet style. Okay. But the, the meat on yeah. skewers just comes out hot and fresh. Next you time can't we have time, my treat, I'll take us out. It, 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 <laughs> I'm kind of excited it, now. It's, I can't believe you've never been. It makes sense I didn't even that know you, this existed. Number one, it makes sense that you've been, and number two, it makes sense that you would love it. But num- <laughs> but number number three, I, it's, a, it's a tragedy that you haven't been. I haven't even heard of okay? it. Okay, and it, but I know Bob would love it. Bob would love it. All yeah. right, this would be this would be one of your seems best like a good ending of, of a podcast. Yeah, seems like <laughs> so so Bob played Bob DMing GMing and possibly uh, Brazilian Steakhouse in the future. So. Sweet. So I, I do want to say uh, thank you to everybody who's been listening. Um, we appreciate you. We appreciate uh, everyone who is a member of our Patreon. Hey, everybody. Um, you know. You guys are the reason why all this is happening, and um, you know we understand that um, Pathfinder Two, even the type of even you know we're talking this podcast. We talked about Dungeon World and Pathfinder Two, right? We are five E. Yeah, we we, we talked about five E. This this podcast is five E compatible. (laughs) Gosh, this one literally was. That is to be clear. Um, And so you know we we dabble. You know my I do not. I do I, not. I, I've been eyeing that Dune book. Kind of want. So I, 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 <laughs> you I, still have my new Monero book. Well, I want to know why it's called two D twenty. Do you roll two D twenties? I didn't yeah, even okay. notice this, but the reason I like this Dune book is just because of the way the D U N is. Oh, well, the yeah, it's super. This is the clearly e. the new movie font. Yes, they use. this it's is the new movie. Very attractive. It, it was a, so smart. That um, is so attractive. So smart. Yeah. So, so to be clear, um, what they're talking about is the Dune Adventures in the Imperium book from Mofidius and. Um, um, this font yeah. is was developed for the new movie, which came out last year. Yeah, and so the people are saying home. It's a D without the straight line down. The U is just the curl. Well, it looks, so it's, it's like the a, same shape for yeah. all of them. So think of the letter U and then turning it sideways for a D and then turning it upside down for an N and then turning it the other way and then throwing a little dot in the middle for which, an E. Which is the planet? Which, which is, is the planet? Very clever. It's brilliant. Very it's brilliant beautifully logo. done. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm very big in the graphics. So, uh, <laughs> Did you watch the movie, Dune? You guys went to the theater to see it, but I, or you at least? I did. Oh, I yeah. didn't see it yet. No, I, I, I it's saw a good it. movie. I, I saw it in IMAX. Movie night. This one's this one's a little bit closer to the Bucks than the. Uh, oh yeah, the for sure. One. Than the classic one. Um, I, I love the classic one. Yeah, but um, this system is. Uh, I I played it. I was interested in it because uh, this company is. Um, goodness, I, I want to say that they're. They're Scandinavian. Um, but, but does this company do the 2D20 system? Like, do these yes. guys also do Star Trek? Uh, do they have it here? Where is it? Oh, there it is. It's like a, it's like a, you know, the way we have the D20 system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They do Star Trek. Okay, cool. They also do Conan, and that's how I actually oh. first learned about them. Was mm. they had a Conan book. Uh, Jeez, they had a Conan set. They, 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 they basically just got a bunch of IPs. Yeah, and it's kind of like um, uh, year, zero, year, zero, year zero, year zero, year zero engine. Is that the fly or a Firefly one? There's Firefly and Smallville. They were on the same engine. That was Cortex. Cortex. It wasn't that an awful system. That it's <laughs> not my favorite, and I know that there's other people on our Patreon who don't like it. Um. The 2D20 system really, I like it a lot because um, it is a very narrative, narrative mechanical game mm-hmm. in the sense that it is gamist and narrativist and that it's pushing you towards, you know, um, um, uh, game elements which inspire a sort of story mm-hmm. and it's not like they're separate. The thing that I like about it, and this has become a thing for me since Legend of the Five Rings, is the way that 
uh, Star Trek works, the way that mm -hmm. Dune works, is you have, on the left side of your character sheet, you have what we would call your skills. Mm -hmm. And there might be like six of them or seven of them, okay? On the right side of your character sheet, and this varies, um, you would have what we would call your attributes, okay? So like, for example, in Star Trek, on the left side, you might have computers, right? seven, all right? Well, actually, to be more generic than that, it might be science, seven. And on the right side, you might have control, daring, mm. you know, uh, intellect, all right? And that might have a number as well. So when you go to make a role, you decide what skill is appropriate here. Okay, I'm working on a, you know, a computer mainframe. All right, so but then you basically choose your, an approach. Your, your science is the check. Yeah. Okay, what's happening right now? Well, we're in a firefight, right. and the, the main computer core is about to explode. Right. This is not a moment for, you know, this is no time this for... This is daring. This is no time for caution. Right. You know, to quote... No control, uh, daring. Uh, yeah. this, is, this is not control. This is daring. Right. So I take my daring number, which is five. And that's the L5R approach. It's like the L5R approach, right. right? Where you have, like, I'm using a skill in Legend of the Five Rings, but how am I doing it? Well, I'm doing it very patiently with a lot of attention to detail. Okay, right. this is an Earth-based approach. I'm going to use my Earth ring. So in 2D20, you say, okay, so my science is seven. My daring is five. That's 12. Then you roll 2D20, mm -hmm. and you have to get 12 or lower. Ah, oh, that's how it works. Okay, cool. On one of them. If yeah. you get two of them, then it's it's more successes, which are like oh, bonus right. successes. Oh, very cool. And what's cool about it is a one is a crit, and it counts as two successes. Right. So what if you roll double ones? Then it's four successes. Oh. But... You can what the game has is twenties are bad. Though. What the game twenties that's jarring. Twenties are a failure and actually are basically like the GM gets something. Right. Called, they get to create a complication. Right. So the GM not only is it a failure, but the situation changes. You know, I've been locked out of the computer. Not only did I fail, but I've been locked out of the computer. Yep. Um, and then what the, the password, game, too many passwords. And then what the <laughs> game has is really cool is your character has these things called focuses, and if a focus applies. When you're making a check, like I might have a focus on, you know, Federation starships. Right. Um, and if I'm working on or, or electro, you know, EPS conduits, and if I'm working on like a power relay system and I, I have a focus, well, then when I make my check, my science is rated at five. Mm -hmm. Well, now I crit on a one, two, three, four, five. Oh. So now if I roll a three on my D2, on, well, on any of my 2D20, that counts as two That's successes. That's really cool. That's so it doesn't just add to it. It's it doesn't like, add to it. It changes you, the crit range. That's smart. Basically. Um, so and you're more likely to rock it. Correct. If you're focused on if it. If you're focused on it, you yeah. can get these crits. And then it has a system of called momentum and threat. Okay? Threat is like the GM's points. Momentum are like the player's points. I can spend momentum to buy additional D20s. Oh, cool. And it's a group pool as a group. So, like, I can go and say, oh, well, I'm rolling 2d20. I'm going to spend one of our group's momentum to add a third d20. Now I'm rolling 3d20. And, again, you have to roll equal to or under your number. Right. And your target number changes depending on how you add those two things to go. And ever since L5R, I've really loved this idea of taking two steps. Like, imagine, you could do this, by the way. In theory, this does exist anyways. Yeah, you could do this in Pathfinder. Pathfinder 2. Imagine if no skill was tied to an ability score. Right. And instead, any skill could be used with any stat, right? Like you could make an athletics check with charisma, if that made sense. I don't know how that right. would make sense, but uh, yeah, you look really high. Bo as you body flex. build it. Body build. Oh. 
<laughs> bodybuilding pose off. Yeah. Okay. Bodybuilding yeah. pose off. Charisma athletics. Right? Charisma athletics. You can do this in fifth edition too, actually. It's actually spelled out as an optional role in the GMG. Mm. Right? Um, so it's like that idea of, okay, I'm going to, what am I doing? That's the skill. How am I doing it? Yeah. That's the, the attribute. And I love that idea because I think it really helps tie the description of what you're doing more into the game right. and have it relate to it mechanically. So I've been really, really interested in that. But the other thing is these fuck, these people are doing all the IPs I love. Right. They're doing Dune. They're doing Star Trek. They're doing uh, Conan. Right. They're doing all the IPs. Like, I got to pick up the Conan like, Star Trek one. Even uh, the Dune one. That's I'm, interesting. I like Dune. Yeah, um, and also, so it's... Also, so much for Knights of Last Call signing off. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. One could... thing to know about Knights of Last Call is us wrapping up is like... Is it different... Wrapping up means we got about an hour left. Yeah. yeah, and the last thing I'll say about Dune, which is really, really, really great, is like the Song of Ice and Fire game, the way it works is you and your group create your own noble your house. Noble house. Okay. And, and Are you on Dune? Are you like... Nope. Okay, so it's just like we're naming it because this is the universe, but yep. you're like you're you're like yeah, it's called Dune, and then the subtitle is Adventures in the Imperium. Got it. So you're just Imperium. So this is yeah. more the world of Dune. Now, granted, I mean it says you know Arrakis, Dune, desert planet, but Dune does take place in a very vast right. and complex world. So, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty cool. That's cool. neat. Sweet. Well, hopefully, more different games to try and different I mean, games to, try, I mean, play. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for anything. Yeah, you guys are interested in playing. Yeah, and and if you're a member of the Patreon, I'm I'm definitely working on. In fact, I'd like to try Dungeon. I'm going to write it down right here. I I have to create my my Patreon Patreon survey, Mm. and I want to send out a big survey to all the members of our Patreon. Let to ask them not only you know what do you want to see more of, uh, but what what are you interested in, and like what are we doing that you love? What do you what are we doing that you maybe aren't interested in? And so we can also what kind what kind of content you're looking for because you know we've alluded to it now several times. That's our next big. Uh, KOC LOC Endeavor. Yeah, you know, if Northern Reaches come out the door, next is content. Right, right. We want to start creating, you know, fun, uh, you know, PDFs and and coming up with maybe adventures, encounters, classes, feats, yeah. archetypes, magic items. Maybe for Pathfinder Second Edition. Maybe for something else. We have a wealth of knowledge not only between us here in the group, but also mm-hmm. within our our our. our patreon themselves and so um i definitely want to get this survey out to people and 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 you know if you've been listening to our podcast and you love these conversations and you want this to happen to more than once or twice a month uh check out patreon.com slash knights of last call there's a bunch of different tiers our squire tier will just get you into our discord but if you really want to experience everything that we're talking about all the bonus content the northern reaches mega game our exclusive patreon q a you got to be a knight tier or higher. And knights just, of the knights of last call. Yeah, the knights. <laughs> being a squire just means, hey, like, you know, you're you're, Dabble. you're dabbling. But uh, as a knight, um, you know, you're, you're going to get basically full access to most of everything. And, of course, we have higher tiers if you want to really show your continued support and get some of our most premier level benefits. So Awesome. Check that out. And uh, I guess uh, any, any final thoughts? No, I'm pretty excited to play. And I'll let you guys know next time we get together how everything's working out. I'm excited to see you play and yeah. uh, to hear how it goes. I think yeah. you're going to do great. I think so, too. All right. Well, on behalf of Bob and Aaron, I am Derek for the Knights of Last Call saying we'll see you next time on the Late Night Show. See you next time. Peace. Bye.